Hello, welcome to Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. Oh, slow down there, guy. It's Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Betamax. My name is Justin. I'm on the Heavy Hole digital tonight. How are oh. my friends doing? Is that, a, is that a street drug people are doing? What is going on, man? Allegedly, this is crazy. Right off we're the bat, Justin. We're smoking digital indoors now. That's what we're doing. Smoking that know. Bobby Digital. Is Allegedly, that what a jewel Justin, is? I, I don't. I don't know what kids are talking about nowadays in the memes. Um, Justin, <laughs> with the Brett the Hitman hard shirt on, talking recklessly, uh, right off the top of the show here. J- uh, Justin, I'm going to give you a minute to cool out. Uh, Tom, how are you doing? Thanks, bud. Oh, you got a kerchief. I like that. Um, I'm doing well. <laughs> I have energy this week. I didn't do roast mortem last night, so I got rest. Hmm. I've been very busy with work, but somehow managed to keep the energy going today. Are you, is it because you're smoking the digital or whatever Justin's allegedly talking about? Is it's, are it's you guys on me. or something? I'm hitting that Og Vorbis. I. Oh boy. Will, do you get uh, that one? Uh, the, you're hitting that what? Og Vorbis. Okay. Yeah. Will, how are you, man? I'm. I was good uh, <laughs> up until a few minutes ago. Now I'm completely befuddled. 100% thrown off by you guys and your lingo. Um, feeling older every day. Uh, I'm all right, man. I'm hold. I'm hold up here at uh, Smith Manor, growing my vegetables, rearing my feral cat uh, into a spoiled little guy that he is, uh, and back to work, trying to help take care of my people and do my thing. Um, behind the scenes, working on music with, with artificial brain. Uh, artificial brain making progress on uh, on on polished finalized, uh, de- nuanced, detailed demos that we've had extra time to work on before going into the studio with Colin Marston to record our third album. You heard so, it here first. Uh, just, yeah, just for any listeners who are, uh, you know, observant of the artificial brain uh, music, you know, we're working on that, and um, obviously it's been complicated by all the real-life stuff going on. Hell yeah, dude. Long Island, you New know, York's so. artificial brain. Big fans here. Yeah, yeah. well... All, Long Island, uh, D.C., Virginia, all the way to Europe. Now, we are spread out. New York City, man, uh, artificial brain is um, it's, a, it's a product of many nations now. But uh, we're trying our best, and we're going to get it to you, man. You know, So there, so there's that, man. Been working on that, uh, putting the finishing touches on, on the story. Um, and, uh, you know, when it comes out, we hope to have it out on, on uh, your traditional uh, four formats now, your digital, your compact disc, your cassette tape, and your vinyl. Yes, I did say cassette tape. We're trying to get that uh, artificial brain official cassette tape thing going on the sidelines. Um, but that, that brings me to our point. Tonight, guys, uh, we're going to have it out, and we're going to talk about formats. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I was psyched to talk about formats, and I also like this new trend where we just don't ask Justin how his week was. <laughs> me oh, too. my God. I'm sorry. I thought Justin told us how his week was with all that coded weird language. I, I, I'm no, sorry, it, Justin. It was, even, it was even better because you're like, I'm going to let you cool off right now. Think about that language. Let's go okay. to Tom. We'll okay. come back to you. But just <laughs> if you don't come back, it's even better. It's, it's just- I was expecting for you to wake up at some point around the streaming music part of the discussion and miss <laughs> at least 20 minutes of the podcast. All right, Tom, I'm going to need you to work your editing magic, perhaps. No, no, Justin. How was your week, man? Because you know we're gonna keep we're gonna keep that intro. Will that was a great segue. Yeah. But we're just keeping yeah, it. Yeah, fuck it, man. Keeping yeah. it warm. The listeners, Justin. Are, Justin, seriously though, with your um, custom white and pink uh, Brett the Hitman heart shirt on, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing fine. 
I'm trying to be the middleman here. Be the, be the <laughs> hey, I'm, hey, I'm making sure this goes smooth. Are you going to do that to me? Listen. So I'm, you know, I'm not as fresh as Tom right now. I'm a little groggy because I had uh, several dads over uh, yesterday celebrating Father's Day, and I was slinging oh, burgers yeah. just all over the place. Uh, I got a face full of uh, charcoal dust, you know, in in my face, and I'm sure like any dad out there manning a barbecue has gone through that before. Uh, me being on the younger side of uh, fatherhood, you know, I, I I'm not looking out for these things, right? You know, I, I thought I'm I'm safe in my home. I could take my mask down. I'm not out in public, you know, face to face with people. As soon as I take my mask down, face full of charcoal. Uh, the whole deal, um, it, you know, it was it was questionable to be honest. But you know, we don't have to talk about that uh, in any sort of Alleg- way. Allegedly, allegedly, you, you got qu- kids? No, no, it's you know. No, listen, respect all the real fathers out there. This is the fatherhood that I have is more of a oh. state, state of mind. Uh, my children are, are all these feelings I have to sort out. So, um, oh. everything. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, so, yeah, you had your dad over and Arizona's dad over, correct? So, you're yeah. cooking, you're grilling for dads. That's rough. That's hard. That's a grilling lot of criticism. Grilling for dads. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you know what the, the funny thing about my dad is he eats like a, like a damn child, right? Like, uh, like my dad will go to McDonald's because that's you know one of the only places that makes a burger like right for him. Um, let me let me get a, a cheeseburger, uh, no cheese, nothing on it, is what he asks. Because if they, because he's he's done this a few times. So if he goes and asks for a hamburger, they'll you know they'll put onions on it. They'll they'll put a, a they'll put lettuce on it, and he gets really uh, very angry. So he wants a cheeseburger. Let you know that there's cheese on that burger, but I want no cheese on that. So while you're taking the cheese off, remember to take everything else off at the same time. Amazing. So what I had to do is I, you know, I made these burgers from scratch, and I put all like my fancy seasonings in there. You know, some garlic powder. I hit with a dash of turmeric. You know, maybe some oregano flakes. You know, salt and pepper up and up. Uh, I used da- some uh, daring, used, yeah, bold used some move. bitters in there. I was like, Dad Ambitious. has. I was like, Dad has that burger. He's like, it's delicious. It's one of the best burgers I've had. There you go. I was like, well, thank you. You know, I'm your son. I also tricked you into eating some, some real food today. So, happy Father's Day. Oh. He loved it. We're all live. Now we're here. You know, we listen to some... You know, mu- yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I, no, I was going to say, it reminds me of an exchange I had with my own father several years ago. Uh, I asked him, would he ever come to a show of one of my bands? I shared this with some of uh, the social media uh, followers. Yeah. Uh, and he said, No. And I, I said, uh, you know, casual conversation at dinner one night. And I said, would you ever go see any live music at all? And he said, no. And he stopped, a few minutes, chewed his food. Yeah. And he goes, ZZ Top, those guys are cool. <laughs> I said, all right. And this is a few years ago. We got his t- tickets to see ZZ Top twice at uh, Jones Beach and once at the Westbury Theater now. We see him three times. And he did come see Artificial Brain at the... Um, uh, uh, the Club Revolution the one time a few years back, man. Oh, yeah. nice. But, um, yeah, so he Amazing. cracked. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad yeah. your dad but, got but to But ZZ Top, you. my dad late in life uh, following ZZ Top and all their area appearances. Oh. That's that's a lovely story. Um, mm-hmm. ZZ Top, heavy band, I'm glad your dad came and saw you finally, you know, after the resistance, the initial resistance there. That seems like it worked out well. I'm glad your dad came and saw you cook food uh, like a man. On yeah, the charcoal, thanks. yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So if you couldn't tell, just after Father's Day, yeah, it's probably going to be Fourth of July by the time they hear this, <laughs> right? I'm sure a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight does have to do with our fathers and the way they enjoyed music. 
My segue was so much sicker. <laughs> yeah, it was, but I had to resegue. Well, you understand? I know. Listen, man, uh, Justin, I do care about all the different formats upon which you grill for your family members. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way, like children, uh, we can't pick a favorite one sometimes uh, of, uh, of different albums, right? But we can pick a favorite format. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to drag the segue back over, man. You're doing and, great. Yeah. Uh, and tonight we're going to talk about formats, man. We're going to talk about um, everything from the old school uh, to the modern ways of doing things. Um, guess which one, Bill? Guess which one, Big Will likes better? Uh, and we're and we're going to have it out, man. We're going to go round robin. I think Tom, you're prepared to give us uh, some fun facts uh, as we proceed down the the format heavy hole of music. Well, I like to paint a picture with my voice. I like to use this format. This microphone to ear transmission I've got going on mm-hmm. to paint a picture in your head of what the fuck we're talking about. And of course you know what these things are, but I need to put you in the mood. Use that tongue brush. Whoa. <laughs> With no further ado, let's start talking about some goddamn formats. So the first mm-hmm. format is the oldest format. That would be a vinyl so, so before we talk about vinyls and what, what how they serve us, what even is a vinyl? Like a vinyl record. Yeah. It's the oldest format on our list. <laughs> Very good. Justin wins. I don't know anything about this subject, so I'm, I might be chiming in with some questions as, as we go. Um, you know, just like, Justin, like our, have like you our, heard of vinyl records? Yes. Come on. Yes. Uh, like vinyl siding, vinyl records. Like, yeah, I know. I've heard this before. Right, yeah, just like, like vinyl siding. Yeah. It's the oldest format on our list. Also known as a gramophone record, invented by Emil Berliner in 1984. It's based on the Edison wax and, cylinder uh, ni- format. Wait, did you say 1984, you said? Oh, did I say that? Uh, excuse me, dyslexia kicking in. 1894. Whoa. Thank you for okay. stopping me there. So it's based on the Edison wax cylinder format which was about as convenient as individually wrapped baby carrots. These seven-inch discs would Very have to be bad. rotated by hand to, quote, at about 70 RPM. Now, I'm sure you people at home with turntables understand. You got you have 45 and you have 33.3 RPMs. But this is by hand, okay? So understand, mm-hmm. you're, you're cranking by hand. You can't just put it on that. I am positive that as soon as automatic drives came into existence, into existence, there were some complainers about how the new machines weren't cult enough. Huh. Yeah. So like those old DJs, like they had that one, that one strong arm that was just so in control, mm-hmm. getting that seventy RPM. I- I'm picturing somebody on a bicycle with a little, with a little like um, uh, belt attached to the, to the. You know, you just got a guy like. You know, riding oh, yeah, a bicycle yeah. so everyone could listen to the music. Right, like right. an old yeah. Little Rascals bit. Hal Roach, and he had yeah. to, like, you know, a, a monkey in a cage who was running on a tricycle. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I was picturing my drummer, Sal, from Buckshot Facelift in, a, like, a, a track suit. Uh, but, you know, we'll, I, I, but I digress. Uh, we're all winners there. Go ahead, Tom. Anyway, the earliest mass-produced versions of these discs were made out of hard rubber and shellac. The vinyl material use even to this day began to appear in the 1950s along with the adjustments to dynamic range of the groove now the way vinyl works is that there is a there is a tip on a groove and as it rotates the groove is vibrating the tip this diamond tip needle and it is reverberating through an analog piece of gear many different ways of doing that but that's how the sound is 
created. Um, Remarkable. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, ma- it's like magic. It's, it's, it's very strange. Magic. I mean, you, if you really look at one of those things, you know, you you, will, you have a, too many allegedly moments, and then all of a sudden you start looking at one of those, you're going to go, oh, fuck, who invented this shit? So these basic principles of a needle, um, the basic principles of turntables and vinyls have been the same since day one. Back to Edison's wax cylinder format. They have gotten better in the cases of dynamic range, uh, packaging, the sound. The turntables themselves are fantastic. There's now direct drive. The needles are gorgeous. The The, the resolution of the sound is awesome. Um, so they're kind of a winner in a lot of ways because they had the longest run of uh, public usage. They all mean something to us, so let's just talk about it. Let's talk about vinyls, guys. Yeah, man. I mean, my uh, right off the bat, my favorite and preferred format to listen to uh, any music on, I'd say pretty much, man. There's certain certain releases I have that I think work great on cassette, um, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, and vi- vinyl's it, man. If you can if you can own something on vinyl and listen to it on vinyl in the privacy of your home, man, what could be better, man? It's 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 great. I'm not even gonna go into the uh, audiophile thing, man, because uh, you know I'm not I'm not a scientist. I can't debate all those points, but it's just. It, it's a you know it's great sound quality for the most part as long as it's mastered and mixed right and all that stuff and it's uh you know the, the like the it's the artwork's bigger all the usual points people talk about man it's vinyl man it's great yeah I love it uh, for the for the artwork mostly um, you know especially if it's like I'll buy something uh, an album that I like on vinyl mostly because of the artwork I want that. Uh, that that scale um, to see the, the packaging and that sort of layout, you know that uh, th- those dimensions, if you will, saying all the same shit. But uh, what I like about it too is like you know you put an album on and where music is kind of accessible anywhere uh, nowadays. You can make an event out of listening to something, you know, um, something that's a little bit lost today. And uh, yeah, it may, you know, it makes something a little more special, you know. And when you have that physical like that size and and the equipment set up, but there's a little ritual to, to getting it all together, and you can actually like make a little event out of you know hearing your favorite album, and and uh, that's why I like that's why I like vinyl records. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this ritual every time you put it on is, a vinyl, yeah. and I think that there's there's some subconscious thing happening where you don't want to burn out your needle or anything on the on the label in the middle, and you want to wait. You, you want to let it play, but you don't want to let it rub down too much. So, like, flipping it and taking it off of the turntable is actually, like, a, a part of the experience. So it's like, are you paying attention to the music more? Because you have to be... You, you have to. It's Is that, like, a subconscious thing that we experience? Because I like it for that. I mean, well, I, I mean, know. even more so than a cassette tape, which will just run out and usually stop um, yeah. and hopefully not snap. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, though, because... You just kind of let off a little, um, you know, popped light bulb above my head right now, because sometimes you let the if the, if the record stops and it keeps playing uh, in, in repetition. Some there's many many times where I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. You, you fall asleep and the record's still spinning hours later or something like that. Um, you're wear, you are wearing out your needle, man. Uh, you know, and if you, now now I'm going to think economically about that every time I play a record, man. It's going to be in the back of my head. But um, yeah, there's a total ritual to it, and it's this it's this big fairly bulky but also fragile type of thing um and you know you kind of you know you have the artwork there and it and it it 
it's just inundated with tradition. This is how people listen to music, um, and well, you know, distributed, recorded music first in, in a lot of ways. And um, uh, it's for me personally, um, I love like I, you know, I, I I have a few records, you know, the Ramones, Motorhead, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. You know, you, like that's music that that was kind of meant to be on record a lot. I think there's death metal that's done intentionally. Um, to be on, on on vinyl, I know with some some bands and some recordings that I've done with my projects, we did it for the intent to to be um, uh, manufactured on analog. You know, um, so it's, yeah, it, it, it is a whole different. It, I, there's there, when you say ritual, you kind of struck a chord with me because it's mm-hmm. you could sit here all day and debate it with somebody who wants to talk about the finer points of digital and how it's more practical and convenient and this and that and everything. But at the end of the day, it's, it's almost like converting someone um, spiritually. You know what I mean? You, you're either with it or you're not. You know, you you know, you look at vinyl and cassettes or you don't. You know? And real quick, before we move on to the next no, I'm, I'm, I'm not format. ready to go. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last vinyl you guys picked up? Ooh, that's, oh, that's a good one, Tom. I like that. Because um, I have been on a bit of a vinyl ordering spree uh lately um as my budget allows uh my last piece of vinyl that i that i purchased here is a turnstile step to rhythm uh seven inch hmm. boom right here out a couple years ago love this All band right. turnstiles california hardcore and uh yeah. it's weird like because that came with like this one which is this sick, guy which is really sick. <laughs> come on what is this i can't read this it's in front of was it Oh, it's it's wow. rat out of the cellar for those of you who are uh, we listening. Go, which is what a great again, we go round great, and round with uh, Justin's ongoing rat meme. Fantastic. Uh, but turnstile, turnstile, rat. Look, I love rat. It's a great, great album, Justin. Thank you for bringing it yeah. to our attention yet again. Um, turnstile from California, great band, modern hardcore. Yeah, buddy. Uh, young people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, I've, somehow I can feel like I can listen to it. <laughs> They look, man. Hardcore has always been a youth-oriented genre, Um, and you know, there's just some bands where I, you know, I feel like, hey, man, I feel like the old guy in the room if I listen to these guys. But uh, yeah, Turnstile is just interesting, and I look forward to you know hearing what they bring to the table, man. Good, good band. Yeah, they can get it. You guys want to see something really sick? Yeah, always. This look at this bug I just caught on the wall. It's like a centipede sh- type of thing. It's like it's one like of those sh- little centipedes. Oh. And I'm going to feed it. Oh, dude, yeah. The frog live and direct <laughs> from Huntington Station. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It happened. It's excellent. All right. Really glad All you right. did that. Tom, I'm sorry to interrupt. That was live breaking news. My frog, Antimo, is eating that centipede. Tom, go ahead with your vinyl selection. <laughs> Love it. <clears throat> um, new vinyl selection. Uh, latest one in the mail is... Severe Torture, oh, Feasting on ooh. Blood. Um, one of my favorite bands. Uh, the two ones that are in the mail right now, I'm very excited for. It's the new Ulthar. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the name is escaping me, but that's mm-hmm. a 20 bucks mm-hmm. spin purchase. And then the other one is a Discogs purchase uh, of George Benson's Breezing, oh. which is one of the finest yes. uh, jazz fusion albums of all time. Uh, uh, George Benson is one of my favorite guitarists. I love it. Not to flex, but I do own that in my collection currently. Uh, not waiting on it in the mail because I have it right here. Anytime I want. <laughs> Come on. That I, I know you're trying to sound modest, but that is okay, a flex. Okay, so, okay. Uh, um, 
what that's do you, what, awesome. So what do you, what do you have? Well, what came in the mail? First this of week? all, uh, I am looking forward. I want to get, dude, twenty bucks spin. Can we just take twenty? You want to talk about vinyl? Twenty and and they have available cassettes and CDs. They have all the formats, but twenty bucks spin is killing them right now with a lot of albums that sound good on analog. Um, that Ulthar album, that new Ulthar album. Providence. Uh, that new Void Ceremony album. Providence. Void Ceremony uh, with mm. the crazy bass, um, bass leads and stuff. Uh, and the new Solithus, which I recommended a few episodes back. Man, 20 bucks spin is really killing them right now. Um, and my recommendation... Well, we're not in the recommendation phase of this episode yet. We're talking about our last purchase. I received an order from 20 bucks spin um, of... Uh, let's see. Hyperdontia. Nexus of Teeth. Um, came uh, from their distro nice. as well as Hyperdontia. Uh, what is this called? It's I think this is the singles collection, A Vessel Forlorn. So I got the album and I got the collection uh, of like I guess EPs. And Hyperdontia is a band I'm very excited about. Man, really interesting band. Uh, they 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 kind of bring I don't they they bring elements of some of my favorite death metal, maybe like a Dramalek from Finland elements, and but but not that they sound like anybody. They're just a, a, Hyperdonch is such a cool band. And also with that, I got um, one of the favorite albums uh, of mine that I own right now, Aeternus, Beyond the Wandering Moon. Um, classic album of Norwegian, I guess you could call this maybe black into death metal. Very atmospheric kind of folk vibes in a um, uh, kind of dark, haunting death metal way. Um, as a reference point, maybe people who, who know Morpheus Descends. Uh, you know, that would be a good starting point if you're into the brutal death metal to kind of figure out what Aeternus is all. But Aeternus is like you're flying above a forest at night, man. It's just, it's an amazing band with great riffs, man. So I, I got all those from 20 Bucks Spin. 20 Bucks Spin is the place to go right now. My, as far as I'm concerned, for they have a really great, good distro that I just took advantage of, but they're releasing so much good stuff too. And they're not paying us to say this. Um, yeah, we're not is- getting free records or nothing. Not nor nor do we want them or anything, man. You know, but um, uh, just a good label, man. I'm I'm into what they're doing. They got me excited about death metal at the moment. We are a solid podcast. We don't do this shill shit. The last oh, record oh, label oh. that reached out to us that was like, hey, you want to review yeah. some of our stuff? I I reported it as they're- hate mail. They're now <laughs> closed down. There we go. <laughs> That's right, man. We don't do none of that stuff, man. We keep it 100% above the table for everybody, man. Dude, Jesus, Tom, Tom dropping bombs on everybody That's right. right now. Man. Can't buy us. Slow down. Slow down. You guys, you guys are off that digital. You guys are smoking that digital, That's whatever right. that is. That's right. Can you see my leg? You ever see a leg like this? Just a little bit? <laughs> the digital the side does like things that? to your leg tissue? I got to ask my younger cousins digital what does. digital is. Well, okay. Well, before we get to digital, we got a few more analogs. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, I'm, I'm just Our enjoying Our next format <laughs> of the evening. Uh, Will, I know you're going to have a hard time. You're going to be torn talking about these two giants back-to-back like this. Cassette. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Cassettes you for, a while. for your service to my life. <laughs> Invented by Dutch company Philips in 1962. Get it, Philips. They became the first tape to take over the market due to the uh, kaiju of a company, Sony, making them license the format on the house so they could develop the Walkman. Mm. So between Philips and Sony, they've had a relationship for a long time. If you're into video games, you know that shit. Philips did that one uh, Zelda game that everyone likes to laugh at. Uh, 
it's worth laughing at. But anyway, you know how these two companies, these giants in the electronic world, they, they've, um, they've lived off each other. The cassette is a perfect example of, of this uh, coexisting and homogenous relationship. Beautiful had. relationship. Um, you know, it's, it really started a, a beautiful relationship between those, those two behemoths. Yes. So, though developed in the 1960s, the magnetic tape cassette didn't gain much popularity till the 80s. Obviously, cost of development, the first ones didn't really hit commercial market until a few, few years later in the 70s. Uh, vinyl was still king. It was king shit of Fuck Mountain. In 1990, cassettes were really getting their chance to show up. Uh, by then, they were producing 442 million pre-recorded tapes a oh. year. So that doesn't include any of the blanks that we're selling like crazy. All the, 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 the TDK oh, ones that people were dubbing tapes on. If you, yeah, that's a lot of fucking records. If you don't believe it, uh, look at the thrift stores, you know. Uh, Perry Cuomo for days in, in all the thrift stores. <laughs> Dude, so many records out there that no yeah. one's ever going to listen to again. Right? That's Perry. Yeah. Uh, so they died off a bit uh, due to our next format that we will get into. But uh, in 2014... Marvel told everyone it was okay to listen to tapes again when they released Guardians of the Galaxy, showing Chris, Chris Pratt and his awesome mixtape. Uh, now, I have no plans on watching that stupid movie. Oh, boy. Allegedly. But since then, Maggot Stomp has been able to sell, in my estimate, my conservative estimate, 100 billion cassettes. Yeah. Yeah, it makes Pratt allegedly <laughs> an investor in Maggot Stomp Records. Yeah, and that's a rough number. I mean, okay. Yeah, it might be a yeah, little on the low end. We're, we're always fair. We're respectful of your numbers here on the whole. $100 billion sounds great. It's totally uh, fine. By the way, shout to to uh, Thetis uh, getting signed to their first uh, album dropping on um, Magic yeah. Stomp Records. Yeah, dude. Recently. Cheers. Dude, that new single is so Sick. good. Cheers to them. Yeah, uh, cheers yes. to the dudes. Uh, great band. We've interviewed them before on our Obnoxious Noise Part mm-hmm. 1. Uh, episode, I believe it was. If it wasn't that, it was part two. Back to the tape talk. Um, you're trying to yes. you're distracting right. me, Tom, with this blinding uh, tape frenzy of lore. What, Big what, numbers. What, 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 yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what we like. Well, Will, take mm-hmm. it over. I know you. I'm, I know you've been foaming at the mouth. mouth. Your whole time, you were you're bursting. Up, Tom. I gotta we got to stick the eraser yeah. in you and wind you back right now. Start. Go ahead. Tell me um, what you like about tapes. I'm red in the face right now, and Justin, we're not going to leave your opinions out. Don't worry. Um, All right. No, tapes are <laughs> we'll special we'll uh, to this to this genre and to this podcast. As we've talked about many a time, ta- the tape trading that went on back in the day with all those blank tapes. Um, we don't need to even talk, go into extreme detail about that tonight. We've done whole episodes about tapes and tape trading, and most of our guests end up talking about it at some point. Um, but uh, when it talks to when you when, uh, excuse me, but when you talk about um, for me how it's going to be difficult, uh, you know, to pick one or whatever. Well, here's how they, in my, um, uh, what do you call it, in, in my... Uh, hierarchy? Here, yeah, thank you. My hierarchy of um, formats. You know, tape is kind of like the traditional, uh, you know, um, everyday practicality, get it done. You know, back in the day, you could dub, like, two different albums or a bunch of demos or make a mixtape for somebody. Uh, you could buy a whole block. You would buy like a literally like a brick of like you know ten tapes from Tower Records. Sometimes they go on sale or clearance. You pick them up, and um, uh, you know you could just you know you might buy a few albums, and, and your friend buys a few albums because back then there was no streaming, no, no internet or whatever. And then you could 
you know, the whole crew had 15, 15 albums between you with your tape collections that you made off of everybody, you know. And um, it's so important to all this underground music, like I said, like we talked about. So that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of like your, your six-pack, you know what I mean? Your beer, you know what I mean? And then vinyl is your wine that you drink on the holidays because vinyl costs a little bit more. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit, you know, harder to, you know, you got to take care of it. You got to keep it somewhere. You got to have a record player hooked up to play it. You can't just, you know, walk man or whatever. Um, you got to have the time to dedicate the listener. So, you know, a lot of, there's like, I'm very fickle with what I buy on vinyl. Um, there's a lot well, of things that I'll stream that maybe I'll buy digitally, but when it comes to vinyl, it's got to hit like a lot of check marks for me. You know, cassette is kind of like, you know, especially talking to the generation, you know, like mine back in the day when, you know, before this digital music was accessible, the cassette was the, the way to go. And yet, and also that was the only portable music back then. You couldn't put a record in uh, a car or put a record in a Walkman. The Walkman, you know, the Walkman nowadays, it seems kind of like this kind of, you know, fetishistic, kind of dated, weird thing, nostalgic thing. But back then, it was so, you know, it, it was the original MP3 player that you took with you. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, it's... And also, people, there was books on tape, and there was all this, you know, stuff back in the day, man. It was, um, it was, it was really, in a way, it seems so clunky and impractical now. And, and, but it was like the height of technology back then, you know, the psychiatrists or whoever and uh, detectives and, and people and journalists used to use big clunky tape deck recorders, uh, you know, up until probably what, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago in some areas, I'm sure um, that didn't, you know, yeah. so it's, it, you know, it goes to show you, man, you know, it, it's as outdated as it is and as goofy as it is, you know, people, people like to goof, oh, tapes are back. I might, you know, your band released a tape, you're a hipster, you have tape, you know, but it's there's the nostalgia thing and there's also a practicality thing to it you know it's kind of like that if you can't afford or have the space to collect tons of vinyl then you're gonna probably end up having a lot of tapes well tape is like that's the true the beginnings of the true diy because you, you know you can't sit in your garage and, and, and make a record you know unless like you got some like weird dad like weird science dad who like built <laughs> some shit you know what i mean but record you, you can you can get a four track and, and you know some microphones with, with your boys and and you can make a tape, and you can send demo yeah. tapes out. You know what I mean? The demo tape, fucking that's that's cassette. Like that, that's where I think the mat, like so much of the magic is. You know, like I'm holding this, you right. know, unreleased, like dangerous thing. You know, in this like red cassette. You know, and that's pretty cool. And like, you know, if this is like a bunch of years ago, this would be a special thing, right? Uh, huh. But you could just, yeah, the, the, there's magic in the in the little case, you know, and uh, and how uh, how how accessible it was, you know make a record in your bedroom that's that's what i like well that that's arguably the whole concept behind all this music we listen to is if you look at the timeline of when grindcore and punk rock and hardcore and metal spread out it was when cassette tapes made it available like you said you have your four track tape deck and you record a demo in your basement and now you can mail it to people by duplicating it in your house you mail it to everybody all over the world and trade with them and before you know it we have you know death and and um carcass and and all these other bands you know what i mean maybe that's that i think that has something to do because that that's not music that was getting um the publicity and the widespread distribution of uh you know black sabbath and led zeppelin or even you know like metallica or, or you know slayer i guess Slayer's kind of like on the the verge there but you guys know what i'm getting at you know yeah absolutely the simplicity behind it and the minimal mechanics of a tape makes it not only practical, but um, intuitive in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Justin, you brought up a really good point, like the whole making a demo tape. 
when I was putting this together, I was thinking about the formats, and for some reason, I didn't even really think mm. of that. And that's like the most magical part yeah, about it. Um, so yeah, like you could just do so much shit with it. Like you can't go wrong with a tape. Yeah, you can argue quality and stuff, but if your idea is good, you can get a. Get and you could just like record over it and over it again and again and again and just crunch it out. Yeah, that was mixtape. You know what I mean? Yeah, handy you a date a mixtape. You know, just recording every, just like every time you hear John Mellencamp on the radio, just recording that, you know, and just making your John Mellencamp mixtape. Like, that's the, that's all the, that's, that's the sparkle, man. That's the glitter. That's the magic. It's not even Magnus it, in there. It's magic. That was the original, um, <laughs> Garage Band Pro or whatever, you know what I mean? Or like, like everything that you guys do, um, in audio production would have been done, uh, you know, on cassette tapes back in the day, you know? It's, it's interesting to think about, man, you know? Even like if if, oh, yeah. if we were doing this years ago, we would have been doing a radio show probably at a college station and manipulating these big clunky um, tape players and stuff, you know? We would have been broke three episodes into this show <laughs> and never have done it again. Because of the long distance uh, calls. Long distance for the guests. Yeah, oh right. my God. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. Uh, but, uh, thank God we're in a good place now, so we'll use it. So tapes. All right. Anything? Any final thoughts on tapes before we move on, boys? I, I just um, I just got a new cassette player. Actually, you know, one of the Tascam CD A five eighty, little recording deal. That's the one with the CD player in it. Yeah. Too? So uh, so yeah. I've, I've been dubbing. It's kind of fun. Um, I just bought that new Trash Talk uh, on cassette. That's in the mail. Waiting for that. And then I got this one. I don't know if you guys can help me. It's like a little fuzzy. <laughs> this guy, I knew, <laughs> I knew it was coming with the rat. Look how red yeah. that is! So sick, right? That is. Rats yeah, the, 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 the the dude, <laughs> that you showing that just knocked my phone over somehow. Yeah. It was really weird how that happened. It's a rat, nineteen eighty four at an Atlantic Recording Com- uh, Corporation, um, out of the cellar. Yeah, it's a great record. You guys should check it out. <laughs> I, uh, we should bring that album up more on the show. Will, what was your last uh, cassette purchase? Hold on. The, the power of the color red on the plastic part of the jewel case of that cassette version of Rat's Classic Album out of the cellar knocked my phone it's, uh, completely off the deck. That was weird how that happened, man. Hold on it's a second. It's beautiful. It's like down. an aged, you know... I'll find, right. pan- find a Pantone yeah. color for you right now. I, I, <laughs> it's like an H tape. Ironically <laughs> enough, that Rat album scared my cat, and my cat is now it ran away. Um... Listen, enough about rat for now. For until we get to your next, until we until we get to your CD version, <laughs> which I'm sure. <laughs> um, the I actually uh, am sick, uh, as opposed to you guys. I have a sick um, cyanide. Uh, Gods of Death, their 2011 full length album on cassette that I ordered. It's from, good album, mm-hmm, yeah. And I saw that it was available on cassette, and I ordered it from Hell's Head Bangers uh, a while back, um, and I got that. So yeah, Cyanide. You guys already know where I am with Cyanide. One of my all-time from Chicago, the classic death metal band. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite uh, metal of death, long-running metal of death bands. And the Gods of Death album did not disappoint. Glad to have it on that nice analog cassette format. I, I feel very passionately about all this. Um, yeah, anything after what we just talked about is fake, pretty much. Oh, one one thing, though, before we move on, guys. Before, I'm sorry. Before we move on, um, one vinyl thing we left out. Uh, you know, we did. We had a whole episode about 7 Inches and the, a little bit of the history with that and the scene. 
Um, and, uh, you know, there's different sized records through, through the years that have come out. But uh, we, we talked about all that. Picture discs. Um, there's people who, I guess, like picture discs. They like the collector's value of it. They like to maybe hang it up on the wall or something, man. Um, when I realized that picture discs, I guess a lot of the time or most of the time, lose some sound quality compared to a regular pressed record, I lost all interest in it. Uh, your, your thoughts, gentlemen. Um, there is a novelty thing about vinyl, which I said before, like, yes, you have the ritual, but then there's also that novelty aspect. Um, it's an aesthetic choice, really. Like, I, there are, I have about four or five vinyls that are picture discs, and I've never listened to any of them. <laughs> I just bought them because, like, I got a whole bunch of uh, Cannibal Corpse ones. I have, like, the, I have Kill, I have Wretched Spawn, all in the, you see all the cool fucking artwork. Uh, yeah, I, I think the merit is more subjective than just audio quality. Yeah. 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 I hate them. I don't like them at all. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, never, cool. never gonna Thanks. buy one ever. I, I just um, like give, give, give me you know, give me give me the jacket. You don't even got a jacket. Is it a picture? No, come on. Yeah, I, I, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I mean it's because it's like that's the thing for me. It's like you lo- a lot of the time they are packaged with just the picture disc and, and, and like a clear um, sleeve, like yeah. a translucent sleeve. R- so you're losing out on the artwork and the you know the potential like lyric sheet or whatever. And also some audio quality. So for me, yeah, I got enough, you know, like framed show flyers on my wall. I don't need to hang records on my wall. Um, but but that's that's just kind of like if I'm going to invest in a record, like I said, it's the most expensive format a lot of the times. So if I'm going to invest in a record, I, it's because I want to listen to it, you know, and I want to be able to look at that package. I actually have one picture disc that has the full deal where I have the sleeve lyrics all the original spread uh it's it's repulsions horrified um i was down at Grayface records in savannah georgia and i saw it there and it was just you know that iconic rotting head on horrified on a picture disc and it had the whole package with it so that going for the aesthetic thing I am not bothered yeah. by that at all because I think you guys bring up good points. But if you get it all, then what the fuck is do you, wrong? With do you like right? rotate your head to try and like see the picture when it's like spinning on the table? Like, do you, you I'm like, glad you asked. Do you like guess? Yes. You gotta be on like one of the one of the rope swings above it. You know what? You know all what's right, interesting? Great. I have seen like speaking of artwork like on disc. I have seen I haven't seen a metal band do this. And I'd love to, but like I've seen some you know jazzy instrumental Brooklyn band kind of shit uh, do. And I hope I'm pronouncing this the right way, but like uh, Fina Kistoscopes kind of thing. It's it's like a it's a it's an early it's an early version of the motion picture, um, kind of like a zoetrope where you had like uh, you know like the slotted out cardboard and it's like it's rotating around and it looks like something's moving. So picture like it's it's basically stills of an animation out like on a flat disc. So while the while the, right. the record is actually spinning, it looks like an animation. It's like a moving kind of And picture. you're telling me that Ben's released this as a format recently? Uh, it's it's printed on the vinyl. Yeah. Yes, recently. So it's a picture disc, but with an extra... That's very interesting. I, I, I would it's like, like movies. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a video. I'm interested and exasperated at the same time. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't... I have a gut reaction of wanting to hate it. 
Uh, but I do have to acknowledge its validity. Um, that's it's a, it's a it's a it's a terrible inner conflict I'm experiencing right now as a result of this format. Do you like cartoons? <laughs> if you like cartoons, <laughs> yeah, I I got yeah I gotta I gotta be open minded. This is the podcast. Um, you know, like the Grateful Dead did. The Grateful Dead did it yeah. right, and it's like all the bears. You said dancing. something about like art yeah. bands from from Brooklyn, and I think that's what the negative connotation came from. It. If um, oh, yes, Cyanide did it, I would be all for it. <laughs> Oh boy! Of course. All right. Shout, shout out to all, shout out to everybody right. in Brooklyn, man. Shout out to everybody everywhere, man. It t- times are too tough now to be beefing with people uh, based on region or whatever. Justin, are you sharing a YouTube link with us? Yeah, just uh, yeah. I'm doing what I just said. But <laughs> 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 right. check that out. Yeah, check it out after. All right, let's move along. Next format. So next format, we're we're going to we're we will be transcending just the auditory sensations. We will be talking about some video Whoa. shit. Um, similar to our cassettes is its older, tougher brother, VHS. Thank you. Yeah, buddy. Wait Love till it. dad gets home. Um, that's that's. <laughs> wait till your father gets home. Yeah. Uh, oh man, VHS. Cause yeah. All right, Tom. You, do you have a history lesson you want to bust? Yeah, just a couple sentences, just to paint the picture, like I said. Uh, this was the first practical at-home video format. There was the two-inch tape and the Ampex reels that were out there, but they were too expensive. They were more for commercial use. The common nuclear family wasn't exactly able to purchase any other video format before this. So the, having a VCR in your house with VHSs, that blew everyone's mind. They yep. could record shit. It was just all different. Um, so similar to the cassette, the magnetic tape box brought all kinds of media into the home. Uh, it was invented by JVC, and it was not smooth sailing as developers of the Betamax, uh, Mecha Sony, which I talked about them last time, but re- remember, they really get their teeth in there. Uh, so Sony gets in there, and they're like, oh, we're going to come out with this fucking Betamax, yo. And th- there was this competing format war that was going on between the two. Uh, this battle raged on for a few short years, but eventually VHS took the cake because the pornography industry had adopted VHS. There you go. And that's the number one outputter of tapes. The same thing happened with Blu-ray and HD, HD DVD back in the mid-2000s. Um, so wrap your heads around that, yeah. you perverts. Um, <laughs> so Betamax... Even though it, it like technically lost, it was still common, u- commonly used in editing houses up until about 10 years ago uh, because the quality was very high and it was good for storage. But VHS, much more serviceable, had less moving parts. VCRs had easier to fix home appliances. Everyone had them and they were king. So VHSs, let's talk about it. Well, a lot of a lot of bands um, ended up at, like you know labels would put out VHS tapes with co- compilations of, of bands and stuff as as early. And also, let's talk. I mean, you guys want to talk about VHS proliferating music? Not so much even the the home videos bands would manufacture and labels would put out that you could buy, um, and promotional tools too. Let's talk about skateboard videos, the skateboard culture, because that Secret was like tapes, an underground yeah. thing. Yeah, the skateboard tapes. It was an underground thing that they would sell out of like skateboard. Oh man, you guys are getting me crazy because now I'm going to get like Uncle Buck nostalgic about something I didn't even do because I was never a skater. But I would see the skateboard shops were akin more to like your head shops, you know, um, 
uh, back in the day, in the, in the 90s, when I was a kid. They would sell bootlegs of bands, allegedly. And, and those, those skate VHS videos, they were like bootleg uh, home-produced videos a lot of the time with people putting local bands on and hardcore bands and metal bands and stuff, man. And skaters, the skater culture was very big early on mixing hip-hop and extreme metal, hardcore punk, ska, whatever, all together. Um, skaters were like the, the you know they, they didn't really give a shit about the musical barriers as much as like you know people typically did in the 90s as I remember man sorry I could go on man you just, you just struck a chord with me right there I, I didn't really even think of the the skateboarding aspect but that was a huge part in my life because as much as I, I'm a terrible skateboarder but I really do care about skateboarding I spent a lot of time trying to do shit like ollie up curbs and Lots of time. I, I, I'm, I, I'm honestly no good at it at all. Justin was much better than I. We used to skate around like that was our shit. We go to the board shop out in Huntington, and we like. I owned a few of the 411 yeah. tapes. Uh, Plan B was a big thing mm-hmm. for me. Like I, I like picking up that Rodney Mullen tape with the early Pat Duffy the and Daywan like, Song. Yeah, the Daywan Song versus Rodney Mullen, and uh, like that shit was inspiring. And uh, the Toy Machine videos. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Hell. To hell. Like. Yeah. Yeah, like, they, they had a lot of... It's a great point to bring up, Will, because there was, like, this connection that people w- were able to make with the music that was coming mm-hmm. out on those tapes. And even CKY, man. Yeah. Like, first time I ever heard Malevolent Creation. Yeah. CKY 2 Or Ramstein. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> Ramstein. Yeah. Um, Dimmu Borgir, yeah, like, yeah, some yeah. of their earlier stuff, when it was, like, super heavy and less... Um, stage well, crew there you go man because all the record labels were marketing all that music to very specific audiences and with the skateboard mm-hmm. videos you more just had people that were the the main the main appeal of those was the, the watching the skaters so the music it wasn't as stringent as we got to have this specific type of music on it was just whatever people want to listen to whatever those guys yeah. actually liked and listened to they would throw on and it you know mm-hmm. it turns out you don't you don't have to just be uh, a long-haired uh, guy with a gauntlet to listen to Dimmu Borgir, and you don't have to be a guy with a mohawk to listen to punk rock, you know? Like, I felt like that kind of... Yeah. I, I, my friends that skated, I used to watch some of those videos, too, because because the music would keep me interested, man, when people would put those on, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, what a, what a good point. I really didn't see that, like, you throwing that my way. I can just remember that playing B video. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was the first time I heard Primus, even. Like... 13 years old and you're like oh shit like this is cool and I feel like I can identify more with the music because I was so bad at skateboarding <laughs> well it's like I said I didn't do it I, I, not well, we because were, I was like an ex, you know a kid that was into music and all that stuff I, I, I hung around a lot of kids that were into it but you know it wasn't me yeah, we were, we were good for skating around town, but you know, it, like it was it was more fun to grab a box of donuts on a Saturday and go hang out the board shop all fucking day and just like watch videos and like yeah, you know, just soak it in. You know, even if because I'm always bad at asking like who is that. It's just like it just you just let it soak in for a while, and then you'll hear you know a bunch of years later and be like, yeah, I knew that band before. That's cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, and, a, and, it's um, a great point. I mean, too, on the same tip, too, there was like an underground tape trading network similar to the cassette one for VHS, and the skateboard videos were part of that back in the day, and people used to do, you know, trade VHS the same way they did with DVD, but I feel like in the 80s and 90s with um, the VHS trading, it was more like even more underground than the cassettes maybe because people were trading... Uh, like horror movies and extreme movies and God knows what else. Yeah, like um, bum fights through, and like pro wrestling. Yeah, 
and and on all sorts of alleged things. I'm sure through like ads in the paper and PO boxes and stuff like that. Your creeps. And, um, yeah, uh, and uh, um, you know. Uh, alleged snuff films and things like that there's all sorts of lore you can go into with vhs man there's bands dedicated to vhs uh you know horror you know culture but um with the band uh vhs on horror pain gore death good band yeah absolutely yeah. man and i um i think too if there used to be lists you would get there would be people that had uh they had a whole database of videos so to speak they had a whole like a shelf full of videos of different um they were collectors that probably ordered from other people, and they would have a whole list of all these shows and the running times of them. And they would say you could get a four-hour tape or a two-hour tape for this much money, and you would like, you know, you'd have to add up to yourself how many minutes each one is. And I, I bought a few from this one guy, and I had like some Vader live shows and a Demolich live show from Finland and a couple of Dismember music videos on it or whatever. And um, that was fair. It wasn't common, common, like, you know, ordering tapes and trading tapes. But every once in a while, you come across someone like that. And, like, you know, me and Adam would be like, oh, shit. And, and we'd, we'd try to order as many tapes as we could from the guy while he was still around. And you could, you could still <laughs> deal with him. Because, you know, well, you didn't know, man. Back then, you just you didn't, you know, it's like I said, it wasn't the Internet. You would just write to somebody yeah. and mm -hmm. send cash to somebody in an envelope and hope to get it back. And um, that was a, another big thing because it was like, dude, you didn't have YouTube. You know, this was the only way you could see shows from other states and other countries and, other, and shit like that, you know? And that was, you know, a, a big deal, man, the same way the tape trading was. It's definitely something we take for granted now, because, like, we're, we're looking for pro shot videos and shit. We're, like, spoiled almost. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, it sounds not good enough. Let me find another one. I never really participated on that level that you just described, but I could imagine that. You know, like, the, the rush of being able to see, like, a band you're really into on VHS for the first thing you've never you don't even know what these motherfuckers look like you know and now yeah. you can see them play and shit it's a interesting thing yeah I, I didn't even think about that I'm gonna start a band called VHS another one another one yeah <laughs> stands so for you gotta start beta Betamax and then you compete with them you know what it stands for what Van Halen's sick guys <laughs> smoking that digital over there talking about pho phonokinetic uh, record releases out of Brooklyn. I don't know what the... This guy, man. <laughs> um, Alright, so, shall we move on to the next four? No, you guys gotta tell me what the last VHS you purchased was. <laughs> oh! <laughs> How about we all just go around, Rob, and we talk about one VHS that's important to us, maybe. Something like that. Okay, I like that. We get in touch with our emotions, alright? Yeah, all right. I had, uh, you know, you talk about VHS, you got to shout out Coliseum Home Video, right? Putting out all that, putting out all that World Wrestling Federation entertainment back in the day. Yeah, um, yeah. I forget which you tape it, it was on, but because I think it was on some sort of compilation, some Hulk Hogan match compilation, but uh, he wrestled uh, Zeus in a cage. And Zeus, when he was feuding with Hulk Hogan, I mean, Zeus, if you don't know, it's it's Tiny Lister. Uh in WWF uh, of, you know... Wait, Tiny Lister was in WWF? Yeah, dude, as yes. this guy Zeus, he scared the fucking shit out of me. Uh, the, just the way his arms crushed Hulkamania in, in such in, in such a way, um, scared the fuck out of Classic. me. Classic. I couldn't... Classic I cu professional wrestler. Yeah, I couldn't look him in the eye. Like, when he looked at the camera, I looked away. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's what I remember most uh, about uh, VHS, Van Halen Love it. Must have been uh, to promote No Holds Barred or something like that, but yeah. probably. Yeah, I would imagine so. What are you gonna do? Coliseum home video. 
Lord Alfred Hayes, best voice on that. R.I.P. You're right. Tom, hit him. Just because we're on the skateboarding tip, I think the video that came out fresh on VHS, uh, the DC video. That was uh, that was a great video. I, it was super anticipated. There were uh, people like, "Oh, DC is this big shoe company that has all these sick people, and they have no promotional videos." So when they put it together, just like, "Okay, it's the DC video," and everyone's gonna know what this means. And it was fucking sick, man. Like first time I actually dove into Ted Nugent, Stormtrooper, <laughs> like Anthony Van Van Engel fantastic skater and just watching him do these things and like Ted Nugent's getting stuck in my head uh Rob Deerdeck introducing Big, the Black. Big Black yeah man. that was like the first thing this is 2003 so the very end of VHS is wow yeah I don't know it just meant a lot to me yeah. growing up yeah that's um, what I mean about those videos, man. You, you had a lot of exposure to bands that you no normally wouldn't hear on the radio or anything back then. Will, what about you? Tell us about something actually death metal. Uh, got you. Um, well, I still own my bootlegged um, copy of the Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters movie uh, that nice. a friend gave to me back in the 80s. And you could tell because the, the label was like the photocopy of the, of the actual label, you know. Um, yeah. But besides that, you want to talk metal... I also still own my Sepultura, I believe it's Third World Chaos home video, which was to promote Chaos AD. It had some of the music videos from that. It had the music video for Dead Embryonic Cells. Um, it had uh, a song with it had, it had a Holiday in Cambodia by Jello Biafra with Jello Biafra on stage and a few of the guys from Sepultura. It had, it had a lot of classic live performances by Sepultura. That was a great video that I got from Tower Records in Huntington, Probably when I was in around seventh grade or so, and uh, that video means the world to me, man. Just watching that, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the live performances, the music. That's also where, as a kid, I got exposed to older Sepultura, um, and probably some of the first times I really got into death metal was like Dead Embryonic Cells and the older stuff that was on there. So that Sepultura Third World Chaos on video... Um, that's probably the biggest, uh, you know, um, biggest look any video ever had. I mean, I, I used to, I had, I had a little collection back in the day when I was a teen. Not to, you know, be off on the I had like the, there was a, a Sex Pistols live video that I had back in the day. There was um, uh, a Napalm Death live concert video. I had a little VHS collection. It's probably in a milk crate in my basement right now. But um, yeah, the VHS, man. Cheers to it, man. Another thing that people kind of clown on, and shout out to Adam Rotella making his horror movies on VHS now, man. But but it was uh, you know an important format that was so important when it was around and so clunkily and junkily outdated now. Let's go to our next format. It is C fucking D, compact disc through the hard ethanol. You know why? Because of lossless, lossless sound. First time an audience has been able to experience something directly from studio without being colored in any way. Exactly what the band imagined. So invented by James T. Russell, this man back in the 60s, 66, he just he was thinking about how can I put storage on a goddamn anything because he was still using the Dewey Decimal System. We use Wikipedia and take it for granted. He's got to go to a filing cabinet to look out, look up a book that's that's a quarter mile away from him. Anyway, he's thinking about storage. It's read by a laser. It's brand new. It catches people's eye. It's like, 
people are like, whoa, what's the CD shit? So CD players became available in the public to, in 1982, costing the American public about $1,000, which in today's money is about $2,700. <laughs> For a home entertainment uh, system that you don't even know if it's going to... And then you got to buy the yeah. CDs. Oh, my God. All right, go on. Yeah, it didn't come with shit. It didn't come with shit. You know, like... So it's the first digital format that... It's the first digital format that's appreciated by the public at all, really. Uh, they didn't have much storage, but just enough to put an album's worth, which is what we were used to on an LP onto one CD so you already are beating the experience of having to flip the LP if you know if you're that lazy. And like I said before, this is going straight from a console to a lossless version. So there is no additional sound. It's uh, ta tape and tape and vinyl do provide a coloration and some people like that and some people don't. And if you if you do like it, you can always add it by putting it on a tape. So that's about all I got on CD right now. Let's talk about CDs. Um, are you okay, Tom? Yeah, why? You seemed very upset about when you started the CD thing, man. You had a lot of passion about this guy. Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I lack your passion and enthusiasm about compact discs at this point in my life. I, uh, okay. All right. So, all right. Maybe, maybe I do have a little thing going on. This is the first time the world is getting straight from the console sound. Yeah, see, there it is, man. This guy's worked yeah. up. Tom, Tom yeah, I feel like I you should start this off, man. What's going on with you and CDs over there? Well, I mean, it's not like I got off on them or anything, but, like, imagine this. Like, imagine recording an album. <laughs> and, and having and then, it sound... I'm, with you. I'm, I'm imagining this, this utopian world of yours. Yeah. It's yeah. like... Bam, then, okay. Recorded. That, yeah. Right. Yeah. Out of the cellar. Right. Imagine that going directly onto a format that will not change any of the fidelity whatsoever. This is unheard of love up until now. Up until the mid-80s. You, you it was always a hiss. You know, you put on your you put on your turntable and you hear something going through the preamp out of your speakers. You know it's on. I like it. Do you know how many people bought a CD player, hooked it up, and got went, I, I don't hear anything, and turned it up and got blown out of their fucking room? Yeah. Because they turned it yeah. up too much? Yeah. Because yeah. that's how clean it is. So, I don't know. It's just <laughs> phenomenal technology, really. Okay. I, I'm just... Uh, yeah, I, I can see you're very excited about it. That's good. Um, we have to have passion in life. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, they, uh, they were vital in my... You know, growing up listening to music uh, in the 90s, obviously CDs were, like, the big thing. You had to have CDs. And... Um, it was almost like, uh, you know, we would... I, I wish now I could go back and tell myself, you know, younger Will, just keep buying the vinyl, man, you know, but you'll, you'll appreciate it later. But I, um, but I would buy the CDs, and the CDs were a little expensive, so, you know, like I said, um, we would buy CDs, and your circle of friends would dub them and trade them with each other on cassette, and, um, you know, like, you'd save your money and only buy what you really wanted on CD, and, uh... Uh, I've amassed this huge collection of CDs that are no longer really practical for me to listen to because when, I, when I'm at home, I prefer to listen to cassettes or vinyl for the experience. And when I'm in my car or out on the go, uh, you know, you could, you could stream it or you have your MP3 player nowadays, man. You know, it's, it's tough. Um, so, you know, CDs are kind of like outdated. And, and to, be, like, to be perfectly honest, man, 
uh, you know, the CDs, you know, they scratch and they skip. Um, disc. I remember being way more frustrated with Discmans over the years and Discmans not working and burning out and not working correctly, way more than Walkman tape players. And the idea of transporting a couple of CDs with you throughout, you know, a weekend or something with your Discman, that never really worked as good as the, the cassettes and the Walkmans. So it was inferior in that, that I feel like they were inferior in that um, portable sense. Because in the car, yeah, you had the sound quality, but you go over a bump, especially depending on the quality of your CD player, man, you know, things like that. And, um, you know, or, or God forbid you're yeah. playing your... Playing music loud, bumping it in the neighborhood, and then it skips. Come on, man! You look like a clown. It, d- it definitely depends on the quality of your Honda Civic. Exactly, which was a big deal in the nineties. Um, yeah, and, and, and like I said, with the portability, with the disc, man. So it always lost me a little bit there back in the day, and now now it's just kind of completely opposite. Like, I get it. My bands release music on CD because this is all my opinion as a fan and as a collector. You know, I, I, you know, people are entitled to, to buy music on whatever format they like. And as someone in a band and an artist who releases music, yeah, I mean, of course we're going to put it out on CD. It's not like I'm going to—that's that's not the hill I'm going to die on artistically. Is I don't prefer CDs, um, but it, I just—I guess it's hard for me to understand how CDs have um, stood the test of time. I'll say to be nice, and how they're still so prevalent, um, especially in extreme music. Uh, people still just selling them, collecting them, putting them out uh, like it's nothing, man. You know, like. And I like with I, I would have met with vinyl and tape back so hard in this collector's market with metal. I'm just surprised that CDs are hanging in there. But a lot of people really love CDs. So what can I say? Did you hear the thing Tom said about the quality? They sound good. <laughs> <laughs> they sound fucking good. Well, that's, that's well. All right. Well, what's what's the deal with uh, MP3s and um, uh, streaming music? You lose quality compared to a CD. We? Well, we can we can talk about that in a bit. Um, we have that on our list here. Um, I, I, I would just like to point out that like CD was the first consumer-based thing that like I said a few times before, like actual lossless quality. You've recorded on a Fostex tape recorder, right? Yes. Yes. And you have listened back to it. And you know that you have a shitty microphone because everyone who's recording on a Fostex has a shitty microphone. But you're like, I thought this sounded better on a PA. Uh, I'm feeling um, a little targeted right now. <laughs> I, I don't appreciate this tone that you're taking with me uh, and some of my most um, uh, t- uh, beloved personal uh, brands. Listen. All right. Well, that's not what I was going after. Just for to you know, some people not, that I've to done some this. people that yeah. that added hiss is the final stage of production. All right. So that's uh, how you gotta look yeah. at it. Right. Okay. Yes. So if you want to look at this totally subjectively, it's not just the hiss. There's a coloration to tape. Sometimes it makes it sound better. There are people who go out of their way and buy silver tape to record their shit on two-inch tape, and because of a certain quality that they like in it. But other people just want to, you know, back in the day when they were coming out with CDs, they were still recording on uh, a, a, an early Pro Tools or a two-inch tape that was uh, extremely high resolution. So if you want to be in a studio and really convey that audience, if you're Phil fucking Collins and you want someone to hear you, like, hit them toms at the same time and shit like that, um, with, like, devoid of any extra coloration that you have in plan for, then your CD format is better, I suppose. L- look, I-, I wouldn't even say that it's 
better. I would just say if you want it to be more crystalline. You know, now we're talking water. Well, I would say... Oh, uh, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, you're like gla- your glass Voss. What about that? Right. Now we're, now we're talking about it's not really subjective as much as it is. It removes any impurities that could potentially be unwanted. Uh, I think that's a, um, a hateful attack on uh, me, personally. And uh, <laughs> the rest of our analog, to the rest of our analog fans, um, and a bad way to spin it, Tom. Uh, I I believe better of you, uh, <laughs> but all right, I'm, I'm I'm being facetious now. But still, at the same time, um, like you just said, you know, people would buy specific tapes to mix onto. Uh, people nowadays who can afford it are specifically seeking out the, the t- two-tape method for, for the sound quality of it as compared to digital lossless quality. Um, and there's a reason for that. And I believe for maybe for certain genres and certain means of productions, like maybe your, your late 90s era Broken Hope or your um, Necrophagist or, or whatever bands you want to talk about that have that really clean tech sound could definitely benefit from that. But for the like the murky alchemy of old school metal of death, um, part of the process is putting it in that bubbling vat of analog, you know, and seeing what comes out. If you've listened to tape your entire life, you grew up in nine, you you were born in the year 1960, mm. and you're listening to tape your entire life, mm-hmm. and you're a musician, you're you're an aspiring recording engineer or something like that. I'm a part and time. Then all yeah. of a sudden, this this lossless quality comes out. Now you have so many different ways to approach music. This is the freedom. I'm gonna pray for yeah. you it's and this option. negativity it's that you have freedom. in your heart, Tom. So my God damn it. I'm gonna shut up for the rest of this. All right, I'm, listen, I'm so, listening. So, so, I'm, I'm, so my favorite thing about CDs is that I got uh, WWF the Music Volume Four on that, and wow, uh, Tom, I know your feelings on that guy, but man, did he riff Chris Jericho's entrance track right at the beginning? You know, boom, bap in the, in the beginning, and then you break the walls down. You all know how it goes, you know. But also, like, not only did CDs give you WWF the Music Volume Four. But they also gave you WWF The Music Volume 3, which was an equally good record just from slightly before that one. And then if you and then if you just also don't forget about... All right. That's all I got to say about that. This will be fun because, like I, I, I may have mentioned before, but we are going to rank these at the end. Uh, we're going to... We're going to rank them? Individual, we're going to rank them. Okay. Yes, rate, rank. We're going to put a, a stamp of approval at the end so we can really see where we sit. So that's the CD one, and uh, we can talk shit for a while, but Will, I am sorry. We got another one that's just coming in hot and fast right now. We're going to talk about DVDs. Okay. 1996. The Matthew Broderick-sized Godzilla Sony company announced that they got this new digital video disc player that they're developing. Now, just like CDs, my good friend, they are data storage devices, which are better in every single way than their uh, analog and magnetic predecessors. But of course, there's going to be opinions held against them. By 2001, these bad boys were affordable to every average household, just in time for those seasons of Dawson's Creek and Friends to start showing up in the school libraries. Uh. Um, not really much charm in the DVD, other than they are better than Blu-rays, because people gave a shit about the menus. That's a good point. Yeah, that's the redeeming quality for me at DVD, man. Um, the last several years, I've amassed a pretty quality 
a collection of classic science fiction and horror movies on DVD from the thrift stores. Because DVDs are not fashionable nowadays. So I've finally gotten with the times, and I have a DVD player hooked up to that TV <laughs> you gave me, Justin, uh, out of your generosity so many months I ago. I love, love to hear it. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I have all the Hannibal Lecter movies. I have, like, the Planet of the Apes films. I got, I'm, I'm balling over here. I got the Blade movies. Shout out to Wesley Snipes. Um, you know, we're, I, but I got to admit, one thing I like about DVDs a little bit easier on the storage because uh, they're kind of like thinner, you know, on the bookshelf angle. Um, the menu is good because there's no rewind. The be, be kind rewind thing, you know, that wouldn't even work in today's society, man. You know, people have, do not have no. patience. People used to buy a separate device to rewind the movies. Because the tape head, when you, uh, when the magnetic tape ran across the head, even if it was far away, it would actually disturb the head. So if you were one of those assholes who rewound without hitting stop. You're just a mean guy. Sorry See, to tell you. Uh, you're wearing that now in 2020. You're the just amount of, your own VHS. Yeah. The amount of extra plastic and electronics that you had to buy and have around just for that. It's just crazy to me. Um, but yeah, DVDs are just kind of like easier than VHS. Um, and, you know, way better picture quality in most cases, too, man. The VHS has its charm. I'm not going to sit here and talk shit on any analog format tonight. But um, I definitely will admit that DVDs, uh, in terms of like practicality um, and, and selection, because you can get so much stuff on DVD. I got a, lot, a couple of bands. I, I actually bought um, uh, a Primordial live DVD and an Armored Saint live DVD. Um, because they were the right price mm -hmm. from um, Common Ground Records, uh, Huntington-based record label. Well, we're getting we're getting further and further into into convenience right now, and it's something we missed on CDs that DVDs have, you know, uh, in relation to VHS, is the ability to uh, skip right ahead digitally to the point in, in, on the disc that you want to go to. You know, say you fell asleep during this movie or whatever, and then and, you know. You're trying to rewind, find a spot you, you, you just missed. You you have a there's potential to to rewind like an asshole and fuck your whole tape up, you know. But with DVDs, you can skip right to the chapter, if you will, and then uh, yes. micro tune your way to where you were. And the same with the uh, CDs, you know, hit the track you want to go to. It's, uh, these are all convenient things that uh, help us get uh, nice and lazy and fun. You know? Well, I I think with the DVD, it's like. As, you know, as opposed to the CD, like the practicality thing, if I'm watching a DVD, it's because I'm si it's a stationary thing, it's sitting in the house. The thing for CDs that really kind of tank them for me is the impracticality of portability. When you, you know, the, like I, I, I'm not going to go into it again, but I talked about the disc man or listening to him in the car. You know, mm -hmm. compared to the cassette tape experience, you know, it's, it's not the same in portability. But the DVD, either way, the, the, the VHS player or the DVD player is sitting there on the shelf and you're watching the TV when you're using it. So why not make that experience, like you said, better quality video? Uh, and, you know, you could skip ahead to whatever scene it is. Because, you know, you're not just watching movies on DVD. There was concerts. There was, uh, you know, a lot like this, this game video was adapted and went to DVD. Everything was on DVD back, you know, like in the 2000s, there was all sorts of stuff you could get on DVD. Well, they did start coming up with those little flip-up little DVD, portable DVD players. Those were a little fancy. Yeah, you're right, you're right about that. You know, we, we, we talked about VHSs before, and... With a VHS versus a cassette, a cassette like cassette, you're like 
with the entire vinyl thing about that being a ritual, you're more engaged with the cassette most of the time because it's only one of your senses. When you're dealing with a, a, a two-sense format, like sight, visual, movies, any kind of thing, now it's engrossing. You do not want anything but the finest. We're willing to make sacrifices if it's only one of our senses being like truly stimulated. So music, we're willing to get up and turn up the turntable because we're on edge about it in a way. But when it comes to being entertained with two senses or more, you're, you need to be engrossed. So a DVD is perfect for that. You know what I mean? You want immersion. Yeah. Yeah. No distraction. Minimal focus there. It's a good point. Yeah. Oh. I think it, just comparing the whole analog to digital thing, it's funny how um, we are a lot more willing to accept an analog version of strictly audio just because we're able to treat it as some ritual or I keep saying ritual, but yeah, it is that. It's a practice mm -hmm. of sorts. And then with video, we just want to stream as much as we fucking can, you know? Like, just keep it going, baby. Well, you do have, I mean, I definitely um, stream a lot more video than I do audio, and I care a lot more about records and cassettes than I do VHS at this point in my life. But you got people like, yeah. like again, shout out to Adam, who specifically <laughs> collect VHS and try to keep that going. But I, I, I don't know, man. As someone who collects records and occasionally cassette tapes still, I, I feel bad for saying this, but, you know, VHS just seems like such a niche impractical thing at this day and age you know what i mean whereas but i mean it like is it really compared to records and cassettes or I, you know i don't know adam rotella is not the standard person by any means like this guy <laughs> invented gore noise and he is like yes he's making horror movies on vhs tapes now you they know broke like that the mold uh with adam rotella for sure I don't know a single other person who's invented a, a genre of music and wants to make horror on a on a VHS set or something like that. You know, like he's he's such a like interesting dude that I just I wouldn't compare him to the average consumer. Mm -hmm. Rare breed uh, and a good point. Yeah. You're absolutely right, man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the texture of VHS personally. You know, I think it's something to be said about all the formats we're talking about. Um, and something that that can kind of tie into the extreme music that we, that we love so much is uh, what happens like when you push these formats to the breaking point, like the distortion that goes on in, in these certain formats, or how like a, when a vinyl record skips, somehow it's a little bit less offensive than when a CD skips. You know, when you kind of just want to like throw whatever you're listening to, or like punch whatever you're listening to the CD to on. That's a good. Or point, like when, yeah. when a tape breaks down, like that unique kind of quality. Or even between, like, you know, we didn't talk about film, but the grain of film between, like, the grain of, like, or, or the the pixelation of, of, a, of a magnetic VHS tape, you know, and then when we go into streaming, like, how that distorts a little bit. They, they all have these, like, little, like, nuanced qualities, I think, that when layered together, they all add to the, to the experience or, or subliminally, like, why we enjoy, you know, whichever ones we do. It's a good point. Um... That is funny. I mean, my mom has told me a few times that she said, like, growing up, she got used to skips in her records that she bought. I couldn't imagine that now. Yeah. Like, you know, she <laughs> Like, we don't have to experience that now. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. We're unless very spoiled. Unless you're sick. You're well, I do have... Records. <laughs> my, my digital version... I mean, I know we're going to get into it. My digital version of, like, Between the Buried and Meets Alaska was... Mm -hmm was cut in like like I loaded it onto my computer from my CD 
that had like some terrible scratch in it. So in the song Selkies, it's, it, it complete it does something at the end of the song to where I've, I've never actually heard the full song because I've only listened to like the file that I have. Um, but yeah, you kind of like lock in those digital glitches uh, if you if you make those formats digital, which is kind of fun. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, it's true too. And when, when CDs skip, you just kind of had to accept it. When a record skips, you could kind of like, you know, knock it and then like like pick it up and listen to the rest of the song. But um, I already talked about how I just recently purchased that Primordial uh, DVD and the Armored Saint DVD. Um, what 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 was the last DVD you guys remember purchasing or, or or owning or something? If this guy puts up a rat DVD, I'm gonna hang up right now. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not that quick, but I did just. Um, I got just, the text but, message yeah. of the Rat VHS uh, tape. Thank you on my phone, Justin. I, it's I did a, receive it's, that. It's in the mail. I'll hold it up when I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't bought it. This. I cannot remember the last DVD I bought um, uh, at all. I have no. I have no idea. Last DVD I bought was a movie called Save the Green Planet, and if you are a fan of. The uh, the hit Parasite that that was a big big stink in 2019. Gotta check out this movie called Save the Green Planet. It's it's a it's a Korean movie and there is this like cultural alignment to it where it has genre defying scenes within it. So there is no genre to this movie. It is so many things. It is a comedy. It is horror. It is. Uh, thriller, it is romance, all in one, and um, I bought that on DVD because that was the only format I could find it on, and I remember seeing that at the Cinema Art Center when I was 18. Wow. And it was blown away. Huzzah. So that's the latest DVD I bought. Okay. Uh, Tom with the culture approach here. Okay. It, it kind of stops there with the culture shit, you know? Like, <laughs> all right. I used to uh, sweep popcorn off the floor at the Cinema Art Center. Um... For, for a job, but uh, what, what else? What, what, Justin? We we didn't skip you, right, Justin? No, I've I I, I cannot remember. I, okay, I, I, I just want to make sure we. we I want to be. I want to include you. I don't <laughs> want to skip I'd, over you. No, yeah, actually, you can cut this out because this is repeated. I just don't know. <laughs> okay, I, think I borrowed all of my DVDs from Tom. All right, maybe you'll do better next round. Uh, Thanks, Tom. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. we can only hope. <laughs> All right, the next format on deck, MP3 and MP3 players. Yes. Um, MP3. It's a German format. Hmm. Very efficient. <laughs> the idea of an MP3 is to put it within data as it was on a CD, but it, what an MP3 does as opposed to a, a compact disc format is that it removes random bits of audio to make it smaller. And the random bits can vary. The higher-end machines that would create MP3s out of CDs would take the silent uh, to the human ear audio, the the, uh, the audio that was be- below human frequencies and above human frequencies. So there are high-end MP3s. There's this idea of MP3 being a shitty format. That is not true. How much do you want to compress this information down into nothing? So... That whole, the idea of MP3 being limited to bullshit or that of lossless quality is 
a huge misconception. There is no bad. There, there is no. Um, there's no side to take on MP3. It could be the tape quality that you like, or it could be broken up into bullshit. Um, the idea of uh, losing these frequencies that uh, human beings allegedly cannot perceive mm-hmm. uh, bothers me on a spiritual level. That's fair. Yeah, I can't even address that, dude. <laughs> if that makes sense. Dude, I, I'm being facetious in a way, probably with the way I word it. But at the same time, um, as an artist and as someone who really wants to get the full experience from music uh, that comes from a place of depth and um, like true artistic uh, expression, the idea of just losing something that somebody else or an algorithm, I guess, determined wasn't of my perception. Um, I find it a little unnerving, um, but not enough okay, to lose here, sleep at night, I guess. I, I hear what you're saying, and and I actually, I think a bad MP3 encoder could could even if you're doing a high res MP3 with a bad encoder, it could fuck shit up. But when you're talking about frequencies that cannot be heard. Could you really make an argument that the artist is trying to put them there? Because if they're created, it can only be unintentionally. Because the artist's listening range is similar to yours. I don't think the argument is if the artist put them there. It's if they're part of the final work, or if they're part of the piece. Um, and a lot of the times, I mean, I don't know if people if people are necessarily... Um, improvising or, or whatever or, or experimenting with the intent to uh, leave things on there that are beyond, beyond the human human range of perception but at the same time uh, I think it's um, presumptuous to think that people don't intend for things to wind up there um, and don't view that as part of the the whole you know what I mean all I'm and, and again what I said was it's, it's like I I don't I actually prefer mp3s to CDs for like practicality reasons but um i'm not trying to hate on mp3s totally here but just the idea that you're taking away something that some other source determined is beyond my perception um like as an artist i guess and as someone who like you know like looks at listening to a record as a ritual that bothers me about it you know so that's all i'm trying to say man you know and i i i listen to an mp3 player in my jeep when i'm driving around um, so, you know, I, and, and I do get good sound quality out of that. So I'm not trying to, like, really split hairs about that. But it is... And not even every MP3 takes out any frequency. If you have mm-hmm. if you have an MP3 that's that's uh, 320 uh, hertz, uh, kilohertz per second, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. There's no one that can tell the difference. Allegedly. I, I, I <laughs> dare anyone to step forward. If you want to fight me about it, it's fine. All right, oh, yeah. heavyholepodcast.com. If you believe Fight you can Tom. tell the Dot difference. Mm-hmm. If, if you believe you can tell the difference, um, there may be no, somebody No, I mean, you're, we're all listening to an MP3 right now. Like, I am, I export these as MP3s. And if it wasn't, fireside.com, which is how we host this, uh, limits the sample rate in which I'm allowed to 
explode this. If it was Legend. up to me, because because it's a music podcast, I would love to do the whole 320. But I got to knock this down to like 96 sometimes. So I'm sure a lot of people who are pretty in tune with the music thing. I mean, there's a music podcast. I know a lot of listeners are they're pretty sharp in the ears. They can they can hear when when I have a music sample and it's compressed twice because I'm taking it off of whatever source and I'm dropping it here. That That is a perfect example of, about what sucks about MP3. Well, at the same time, though, I mean, when you specifically with the example of our show, um, there, I remember we did get one comment one time. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say where it came from. Well, I think, I think it was on iTunes, but we won't say who, who left it. But the guy was like, "You should let the songs play longer." You know, on the recommendation. Oh yeah, well, that was a licensing but, thing, and also, well, but that's you know, but silly. well, but also, my whole point being with the compression thing too is that this shouldn't be your main source for listening to the music. People, you no. know, people. The idea of the show, and I think most people get it, is we recommend music, we play a little sample, and if you like it, you support the artist, and you go ahead with that, you know. But um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Tom. I didn't mean to get to turn this into a whole debate. I know you're very passionate about the lossless thing. <laughs> I think it's one of those things because, like, people hear the term MP3 and they go, "Oh, that that sucks," and it's like, well, there's a lot of factors into how that's compressed. That's whether it sucks or not. Like, the next format we're talking about is streaming audio. And streaming audio, most of the time, is an MP3 that's working under broadband. But since broadband is uh, so fast nowadays, we can upload MP3s to buff, you know, to, to be in the caches of your phone. And Spotify, love them or hate them, whatever the, your opinion is, they can upload really high-res MP3s to your phone okay. on the go. Slow down, technology guy. All right, uh, I don't have time to do all the math on what you just said, but we're computers still computers are expensive, guys. Do you know that? Well, yeah. Even your average computer is a little expensive. That's all I gotta say. I just want to chime in here, just 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 to let you know that like computers, which they, I don't know if you know, computers house all of the files you're talking about, all these different formats. They live inside of your computer. They're a little expensive, and they're so different, and they're complicated. You got. You guys like, both got to slow the fuck down. You guys love your computers because you, you're younger guys. Um, MP3s, MP3 players. I remember back in the day, I used to have one of those like eight gig iPods, and I had every album that anybody ever recorded in it. Man, it was crazy. I had thousands of, of, of albums in it. That was cool for a while, but then it got to like a saturation point where that kind of is almost what drove me to appreciate the vinyl and the cassettes more nowadays. Because you walking around with a thousand albums in your pocket, after a while, it just seems like pointless. And you start having an existential crisis about what all this music actually means. And you want more of a physical collection again. I mean, that is a good point. Um, it goes hand in hand with the streaming thing. When you have so many, you have so many songs at your disposal, are you really going to create an attachment to any of them? Yeah, sometimes you're. Sometimes, for me personally, I've found that with music, I, I enjoy music more by limiting my options to things that I have invested more of my time and uh, resources into. Such as like, uh, I'm like I said before, I'm very fickle about what records I buy. I'll, I will stream them and listen to them before I buy them on vinyl and say, and be like, what what I want to buy this on vinyl and and you know you know a few quite a few times over a week or two and then decide if i want to buy it you know and um but that's that's a big reason why is because when you invest that time and money into something and then you finally at the end of the day you come home and you want to put on the record 
I feel like I personally get more out of it than out of like a collection of hundreds of albums on on uh, on a, a streaming playlist or something. You know, we we have a very limited capacity to take in music, so uh, pretending we don't by having endless broadband of information is kind of foolish. That's a good way to put it. I mean, listen, it, you know, it's it's the file format that like started the the whole streaming revolution that we're about to talk about right now. You know, the same way like. CDs came in at, and, and uh, facilitated the height of the record industry, and they were the most sold, you know, format out there. MP3s are, have have become the most traded format out there, with it, with their flaws, with whatever, with not. It's it's reaching music, letting music reach. I don't know as far as it fucking goes. I don't have any more opinions than that, man. I, All right. Well, I guess the last format if we even want to call it that is streaming which i mentioned before is just mp3 but through broadband of sorts whether it be cellular or 3g 4g 5g whatever the hell you got the um um, the corporate hologram of music um uh after its death (laughs) uh yeah I mean, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm uh, backslash s. Okay. Based on the fact that we know it's MP3s coming to our phones and shit with that information, I don't even know if I would categorize this as its own format. But the experience is different than at least having to go on to uh, LimeWire or whatever the hell Napster was doing and and load it on your own MP3 player. So yeah, the the experience is. A, different enough where we can talk about it as such. I mean, Spotify is too fucking easy, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's scary to me. It's mm-hmm. one of those things, again, this is me speaking, um, you know, I know that I don't want to sound hypocritical because people can get uh, my bands on these formats that I'm not necessarily a big fan of, but it's like a necessarily evil. Like, what do you do? You want to take the stand and be one of these bands nowadays that doesn't have a social media... And doesn't have anything on Bandcamp, and you know, and doesn't have anything on YouTube. It's a huge problem with the streaming world is that the uh, royalty collection basis laws are were written in the '50s before they had any idea of what streaming music was. Um, the biggest problem with streaming is that the artist doesn't get paid, so quality <laughs> goes out the window. But uh, goddamn, everyone gets. You know, everyone who's making music, it's a great way to get the actual music out there, but you're compensated nothing. Well, it just, it, it drives the, 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 the music industry, like, the idea of being an artist further into the, the territory of being, like, a glorified t-shirt company to stay uh, in business for yourself, because you're no longer selling your music. You're selling merch, and up until a few months ago, live performances... But the idea of actually selling your songs and selling your music is pretty much out the window nowadays with Spotify. And it's only going to be more... The actual music, which is supposed to be the substance so much for a lot of us, uh, the actual music, like, that's... It's it's um, it's a side dish uh, nowadays almost because uh, you're, 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 you're so busy trying to make money other ways because you can't make any money with, with a record sale nowadays. So I, I think people don't realize how it's pushing... Um, the, the artistry of it and how it affects uh, you know to, uh, you know personally as an underground death metal musician I don't sweat this stuff as much as I think other people do and should 
because under if you're playing underground death metal, especially like I do, you never expect to make much money off of it. It is a bit of a slap in the face with how they do with the, the streaming services as an artist. But, um, you know, if anything, it's just going to drive extremists like us to just be on vinyl and cassette tape with our bands and things like that. So it, it, it's one of those things where it is what it is for me. But if I was trying to survive as an artist or make it as an artist in another type of music, it would be so discouraging and frustrating. I, it's, I can't imagine. It's kind of the, the next derivative. I mean, this has been going on for like oh, oh, more than 15 years now. This is the derivative of the 360 deal, you know, as a band being signed, where, you know, once... Uh, you know, once stuff like Napster and, and LimeWire and, and the first kind of iterations of streaming music and MP3 sharing and the peer-to-peer networks like came out when uh, the record industry really starting started to understand that like you can't make money off of the physical uh, music anymore or, or the song anymore. They started you know cutting deals to bands where they would get a piece of your your guarantee, a piece of your merchandise, uh, you know, plus the money you're giving out to your manager, to your booking agent, this, this, and that. The, the cut to, to the musician came out uh, or ended up being smaller and smaller. It was like a smaller piece of the pie that we were all getting. Now with streaming music, you know, there's they're not doing anything really to help the the artist, like the music creator, in in that. But it's such a it's such like a gift and a curse in that way because now you know, I, like I, one of my favorite examples of streaming music is looking at Bandcamp. You know, and like think of all the bands that we've found on Bandcamp that we would have never have found in any other time period, you know, ever. Uh, mm-hmm. We have the access, and bands have the access to just put their music out, and instantly, uh, you're, you know, you have the same sort of web page as, as you know some of the biggest bands out there, and and you're there's like an even playing ground. And what I like to think is that ultimately, like you know, the quality comes to the top, that cream rises, and you know we found out about. You know, so many of my favorite bands just because they're available thanks to like these streaming platforms. You know what I mean? So it's well, it's it's hard because you're not making money off of like, you know, the main product that your business is putting out, right? Music, but at the same time, it's a yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing to like, it's a weird line to to walk. I I gotta yeah. say, as both an artist and as a fan, I really like Bandcamp. A lot better than Spotify. Um, I think Bandcamp is like very reasonable, and people who want to support your band can still directly support your band. You can sell merch through it. I really like that, and I, as like a fan and as a listener, when I use it, I feel kind of like like I'm still supporting them somehow, as I would if I was buying something at a show. Um, yeah, it's whereas, like it's it's very much like a digital merch table, if you will. I mean, Spotify just feels like. I, I don't know, man. It um, it's uh, it, it feels like uh, Skynet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I personally don't use uh, Spotify. I do use Bandcamp, um, and I've been buying uh, you know things here and there on Bandcamp, and um, you know with Buckshot Facelift we have our merch there, and we we sell it through by Bandcamp. I know Afterbirth does, so it's it's uh, it's it's. I feel like that's that's way more practical for the artist than for the fan who wants to actually support. <laughs> people a little bit bank mm-hmm. bank camp's been good during this whole uh, quarantine pandemic deal they've been waiving their fees you know giving as much of the profit to the bands as uh, as possible which has been kind of nice yeah that too so you know respect for that but you know yeah. still like streaming is again it's, it's the double-edged sword it's like it, it's it's so available you know 
Well, and, it's and like as I said, an artist too, you could just get it out, and mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. it's the power that you had back when cassettes first came out of 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 doing of, di- of true DIY, and now it's like now it's just the the the, the pool you're playing in is so much more saturated, right? Yeah, but still, it's uh, it's an incredible amount of freedom that you have. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, man. It's like I got um, a hot and cold feelings about it, you know, uh, for different reasons, man. But um, yeah, that, that, it is what it is. Like it's it, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and and you know, Amazon Play and all this, you know, Google Play, like all that kind of stuff. Those are all they're all extensions of the the music industry of of those major labels now. You know, trying to get a cut of of this industry that fucking everybody you know uses everybody listens to music you know uh everybody's got a favorite artist you know uh for the most part uh they're all trying to get their cut but what streaming really allows somebody to do is like you you can really circumvent that if you want you know you can you can be your own label you can be your own distribution you know through these like through a streaming service like Bandcamp or something like that or through digitally releasing your music um, and, yeah. and if you if you play if you play it the right way and there are tons of bands that just you know uh, they'll 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 straight they'll hit a vein right and uh, and, and get a fan base and, and put merch out and put their music out strictly digital and uh, tap right into uh, to, to the people that that love them and and they end up making a career off of that, like without any sort of industry ties to it. And I think that's that's a beautiful thing. And that's all possible because of it. I think Justin, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Tom. I just want to add one thing. Justin, you yeah. actually just programmed the GPS on the Segway for our oh. forthcoming merch episode, where we discuss mm. merch in this way, because merch is really once you get to to, to streaming music. Merch is where it's like. Where do you go as a band? You go to selling merch, mm-hmm. um, especially now where you can't play shows and get paid for playing uh, your average, you know, bar or concert hall at the current time in most places right now. Um, so you're going to merch, so we'll have to do a merch episode. Um, like on that note of what you said, Justin. I honestly wish there was more streaming competitors out there. I think that would help if, if there were more than just Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer. Pandora, Pandora is the worst of them because they they taught people that people uh, that music is free. They were the first people to do that, uh, and that's it's it's true. But um, look, I, used to, I think I used to have a Pandora account, man. I, I I did enjoy that. I will admit it. Back in the day, ten years ago or so. And I think as a consumer, you have every right to do so. But because we're a little more ingrained and we like to question the music industry in general, mm-hmm. just something to think about. Um, but I think we should rate these now. We should rank them. All the formats we've talked about tonight. Let's know ever let, let everyone know where we stand. What's going on? So we're gonna rate this uh, out of ten rats out of the cellar. How would we put this on our list? How many rats do we get uh, from mm-hmm. one to ten? Um, ten being the best. You want as many rats as possible. Yeah, I mean, we'll just get let's, There's only one rat, but for this, we're gonna put yeah, we're as many Single rats team, as possible. Justin, yeah. You know what I'm talking. Oh about. yeah, yeah. Oh, so, okay. so let's rate these. Okay, first one, vinyl. How many rats out of the cellar would you guys give vinyl as a format to enjoy? Eleven out of ten rats out of that cellar, sir. Right, Eleven. Okay. Yeah, that's that's uh, you know, that's pretty close. Like, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten rats. Okay, respectable. Yeah. 
it's uh, it's 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 up there. It's high. It's out. It's definitely out of the cellar. Uh, I'm going with the seven. Seven rats from Tom. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to justify that, sir. Just a couple of words on that, if you don't mind. <laughs> the reason I'm giving it a seven is is because of its durability. As a product, when you buy it, do you not want it to last? Do you not want the? I mean, you you set a you set a vinyl up the wrong way. This is something you have to think about. There's too many elements, and also it's the first format, mm-hmm. which means that if it gets anything above a four, it's doing fantastic in my book. Yeah, it's like your firstborn son. Like if you know if you what if you know what if he goes to sleep under the couch. All right. Well, it'll I don't be, have those. Jokes. I can't be relate up. to what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> okay. I listen. It's a strong seven. I, I will respect that justification because uh, me trying to justify that records do decay is kind of like almost like a nihilistic romanticism of the record mm-hmm. format. Um, uh, so I can understand the practicality of downvoting it because it does decay itself like over time. Yeah. I, I get it. All right. Okay. And you and you giving it an 11 out of 10. Now, let's That's pretend that I don't care about numbers all of a sudden. I think your 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 attachment to them is more important than anything. This is personal. This is entirely personal, these numbers. <laughs> he caught me, man. I'm part of a cult of people who love <laughs> listening to analog format music. So right. it, it, it is what it is. I, I think we can move on. I'm good. I, I think with the, with the artwork, with the packaging, and with the ritualistic aspect of it, which in you know uh, my rosy sunglasses right now, if, if more people took a ritualistic aspect of listening to music, maybe it would gain that a little bit more of that importance back that would help it all the way up until the most convenient of formats that we have now. It's supposed to be special. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Cassettes. What are we thinking, boys? I will give cassettes, uh, to be reasonable, I'll give them an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 because cassettes do pop, although not as much as people, I think, like to make out like they do, or not as much as happened to me in my life. I haven't had that many tapes pop, and you can fix them, and if it's a good, satisfied feeling to fix a pop tape. But I'll give I'll give them an 8 out of 10, because the, the artwork, although some, there are some, like, there's a whole argument to be made about, like, the concept of artwork made specifically for, cas- for cassettes in demo culture. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, a lot of artwork gets shrunk or cropped for the cassettes. And, you know, it's, it's, it is inferior to me for vinyl. I explain that. It's the everyday six-pack compared to the champagne. Eight out of ten on the cassettes. Justin, what do you think, man? I'm going to go six and a half rats. Six and a half rats. Six and a half rats. Uh, and a half rats. Uh, I, I love how fun they are. Uh, for me, the quality of audio has always been lacking. That's never stopped me from from indulging. Um, the artwork is—I love the artwork uh, made for cassettes. Man, that, that, yeah. Something about that format really, really gets me, and it's it's similar to artwork made for VHS and DVDs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's all in the explanation I'm going to give. So six and a half rats. And j- just keep in mind, guys, this is all personal. I mean, you know, when I say my number right now, don't be mad, but I'm gonna give them a five. And <laughs> I'm giving them the five because I'm a young, spoiled baby boy. 
my perception of them is not nearly as charming as the vinyl, and it's not as convenient as the experience of a CD. And you know, hold on, I'm taking it back. I'm going to six because I like the I like the upgrade of the the um, durability thing. That I, the argument against vinyl I made it. That's an up upgrade. So give them the six, but also remember. Uh, um, smooth brain when it comes to the cassette. I really don't have a lot of cassette experience, and I don't really want to. I like the packaging. I don't know. Maybe I. <laughs> What's the number you give something when you don't know what to do? That's what I'm asking my friends right now. Um, I can understand if you don't have a lot of experience with it. I have a lot of experience. That's how. I, that's my main way of trying to listen to music when I was back, you know, a teenager and all that. So, all right, man, I, I get it. I get it. I get it's it. not. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay, be, it's okay because I'm I'm about to get busy. <laughs> my numbers, are, <laughs> no. my numbers yeah. about to drop too, man. So keep They're going. about to fall, right? All right, cool. That's that's fun. I like that. <laughs> Just throw it out there. This is very personal. Uh, all right, VHS. We all had fun with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'll say this. My numbers are a combination of, like, practicality with, like, how I actually use them today, formats, Uh but also I'll give a lot of points for nostalgia and respect, um, especially in terms of where they stand with uh, extreme metal or, in this case, horror movies. So VHS, I give a strong 7.5, even though I really don't watch VHS or collect them. You know, I'll have a lot of them in boxes, but... You know, it's not something that's practical for me personally, but I still will. I will still give it the seven point five out of respect culturally. Okay, that's in- interesting. Uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna copy your number. I'm gonna give it a hard seven point five. Rats. Um, I'm a, and and I'm taking this because I uh, I recently found a VHS. Uh, what is a VHS player called? That's called a VCR, right? VCR, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Video cassette. Yes, sir. Van Halen is sick in the VCR, so yeah, nice. I just I, I found one in the basement of my girlfriend's dad's house, along with a, just a bunch of tapes, and you know some like some old Disney movies and whatnot, and then uh, you know I have some old Coliseum home videos, like I was saying. Really enjoying Flex. the the process of you know taking a break from the digital and just popping a tape in and letting it play and whatever happens happens you know uh you know she's got a lot of old like nascar races cut in with like like x x files episodes and and like you know commercials from 96 and stuff like that we're just watching just just letting it go and see what happens and it's kind of nice um, in in this age where you can skip to wherever you want you know or, or find a clip yep. of you know the exact kind of scene you want to see to so just like you know hang out and, and enjoy the time and watch it so I'm on a little bit of a VHS kick right now 7.5 is the number excellent yeah, that's where I'm at I'm going I'm going with the 8 my father used to repair VCRs when I was younger I've watched Goodfellas way too many times as a baby boy because he would just use that as his tape to test all the ones he had fixed. Did that fit? And also, when, did that fit on one tape? No, it was two it was tapes. Two tapes. So it was mostly the first, first half. Uh-huh. Uh, Scorsese loved it. Also, I was able to. He had one of those splicers. You know when the tape, tape got all chewed up. I forgot to mention this earlier. Yeah. 
Yeah, one of those splicer things. Very young, I learned how to use one of those. If it could, uh, you know, it gets all fucked up, you just use that white tape to cover up the mask area. And, uh, nostalgia for me, so I'm giving it an eight. Okay. Okay, so, so you do have a heart. A little bit more for VHS than cassettes, but you have a heart in there. I get it. Got, well, it's just, it's a timing <laughs> thing, Will. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I get it. Solid. Van, Res- respect that. Van Halen's sick. All right, so next up, CDs. I'm going to leave this pregnant pause in the episode. <laughs> My gut instinct is telling me to say five, uh, five rats. Five, five efficient but lonely rats crawling out of that cellar. Yeah. And one of them, there's like a tiny little bump in, in the road outside of the cellar. So one of them skips completely in, in repetition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just goes, oh, right. it just goes <laughs> round and round. Like over and over again. Wallace, Justin, <laughs> I love it. That was perfect. All right, Justin, what do you give it? I'm gonna, I'll give CDs a six. You know, because I like CDs. You know, I have a lot of them. Um, I can now play them on my new Tascam, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to ch- checking it out. You know, and the, you know, probably why my number is so low is because my music, my taste in music was so bad when I was buying CDs. You know, yeah. I think I, I think I, I think I bought you know that Sugar Ray CD. You know, mm. someday. Oh, yeah, we, we were very young. Life, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh I boy. I, I think I had some U2. I think I had some U2s in there. You know, I already said WWF Music Volume Four. But I, you know, I, the, yeah, CDs were 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 a big uh, adolescent thing for me. So uh, I guess I owe them. So what is this number you're giving us again? I'm gonna, six. I, uh, I'm now. I'm gonna lower. I'm just gonna five point eight rats. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That last rat moving a little slow. Five I, you know, I got Justin. You bring up a, uh, an interesting point because I own so many great albums, classic albums that I love on CD, and all I could think when I look at them is I wish I had this on vinyl. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry because. I just I don't listen to CDs when I'm home, and the, the only t- like when I drive, I do actually listen to CDs from time to time, but I prefer to have an MP3 player because of skipping, mm-hmm. and um and that's just that man. It is, and, and, and when I'm home, I prefer to listen to my analog format. CDs are just everywhere. I own so many of them. I own a lot of them, and I've supported a lot of my my you know favorite bands and friends' bands by buying them over the years, and they just seem impractical to me at a certain point, man. I'll have a garage sale one day, we'll, and we'll do a podcast yeah. from that. But, I, but oh I'm man, sorry. we should do that. We, a collective, yeah. oh. the three of us, just put our merch out. Tell yeah. them we're gonna come by the merch table. It's a good idea. Yeah. So, social distanced, of course. We'll make sure yeah, we'll yeah. get it approved, man. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll holler at uh, Chad Lupinacci from the town of Huntington, and we'll get it approved. All right. <laughs> Listen, Tom, what yeah. do you give um, this format? I'm I'm gonna give it a seven. It's because of its uh, straight to the point. The fact that it had a skip feature, that the, there was track, like the metadata allowed it go, to go from track to track with with the simplest of ease, and the the, the sound of mm-hmm. the sound of it was objectively better. I love your passion for this as a, as like an audio engineer, man. It's great. <laughs> it's like I'm here yeah. for it too. I I just want to come over and listen to CDs of yours, man. This is great. I mean. Let's be honest. No one wants to listen to three guys that agree with each other the entire time. 
we've been above four with every single rating we've had. So it's going to get interesting <laughs> right now, I feel like. You know? All right. All right. We're going to listen right. to some CDs as soon as this shit lets up. but uh, And, and we'll listen to some vinyl, too. But whatever. All right. DVDs. What do we think? I will give DVDs. You know what? Nostalgia included, convenience. Like I, I explained it all before, man. I'll, I'll give DVDs an 8 out of 10. Because, um, and they're still practical for, for me and other people of, of a certain age. There's people that yeah. still buy a lot of those. Before this whole COVID thing happened, man, I know I wasn't the only one buying DVDs out of the thrift stores um, mm-hmm. for, you know, for pretty cheap and watching DVDs here and there, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're just more practical than VHS on a certain level, man. Eight out of ten. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give DVDs like a four. I've just always Ooh, had this, wow, I always geez, had this like, hurts. I've just always had this like irrational grudge against them uh, never had a DVD player I don't think until I had the PlayStation I guess that played DVDs did I have any I don't know I think I had Get Shorty like that was a fine movie Ooh, that's a good movie it's great. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's fine Six Senses on DVD like that's that's good I mean if I, you think just, about it I just feel so can... little about it I feel so little towards it alright you could play DVDs on a lot, like you could play them on PlayStations, and you could play them on like computers. It's like that, you could. You're, that's almost a benefit of DVDs, is you didn't necessarily have to have a standard DVD player to play them. I don't think I was ever just like, yeah, I got a DVD today. I want to play it on my DVD player. I just never got like pumped I'm, on it. I'm gonna <laughs> loan you my my Queensrÿche Building Empires uh, music video collection DVD. And my Queensryche Operation Mind Crime Live DVD, and you're going to change that score in a future episode. All right, coming up. All right. allegedly. yeah. I'm, I'm. But as soon as I, I'll go find a DVD player, and I'll love to play <laughs> them. It's, yeah, I'm down to do it. We did talk about Blu-ray, but I, I fuck with Blu-ray. What's up, Blu-ray? Well, how brother. do you fuck with Blu-ray and not fuck with DVD? I don't player? have to explain. The, right. ca- the the cases were cooler. Alright, oh well, oh my God. as much as I'd love to get on your case about that and about how Sony <laughs> ruined the whole Blu-ray shit, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going with Will 8. Solid 8. Couple of Real DVD boys. Eight. Thank you. There you go. A perfectly shaped 8 that just sits in a sideways bra like this is the 8. Oh yeah, <laughs> look at that. Uh, oh boy. I, I love it, man. I've spent so many, so many hours watching DVDs and skate videos and shit like that and love a good DVD. Anyway, let's move along. The only DVD I like is the Death Valley Driver. So, that's the only one. Uh, MP3s. So we're going to do MP3s and streaming separately. So let's say that MP3s are a downloaded format and streaming is uh, through your phone or internet connection. Just for the sake of the argument. Uh, I would say MP3s uh, six out of ten because it wasn't um, it wasn't completely uh, lights out for people being able to sell their music to people who you know wanted to be able to support them uh, and like you said quality wasn't completely out the window depending on how it was done I, I don't I'm not yeah. going to try to offend your sensibilities on the lossless thing Tom I know you're passionate about that. <laughs> But yes, I'll give it. I'll give it the the seven out of ten, right? Got you here. You wait, hold on. You said six out of ten. I wrote six, and then you're changing it to seven. 
Uh, I'll give it a six out of ten. Then, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's... if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Justin, what do you think? I'm giving I'm giving MP3s a ten out of ten. I am a is a digital <sighs> world, and I am a digital girl, and it's the convenience, and I, and I stand by that. And downloading downloading music is fun. I'm offended by that, but go on. I pay for my I pay for my downloading music now. Allegedly. At this point. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna nestle between my friends here. I'm going with an eight. Um, Justin, I don't know how you came up with the ten because of the pinata that is downloading music. <laughs> when it's good, it's good. And I love it when it's good. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, I have had my bad experiences, and I'm not always the one making the MP3. It's irresponsible, you know? Sometimes it's like, do you like a hot dog? Yeah, I like a, uh, I like a Sprat. Don't give me that ballpark. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, well, I get it. Anyway. I, well, I do Sometimes. Love, I, I like claw machines more than you do, Tom, so it's, sim- it's similar to that. <laughs> Sometimes MP3s have the quality of, like, a robot trying to emulate a staticky radio. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when it goes downhill from there. But it's like you said, you can't judge every MP3 by one experience, I guess. But correct me if I'm wrong. Like, beginning of iTunes, you bought an album. You downloaded that as an MP3 before they changed it to an M4A. Yeah. And then you had that, and you could transfer that wherever. Like, that was the golden age. That was That's, that w- that's the 10s, you know, in, in that sort of area. I agree, and I'm bringing this up before because you did... Uh, Bandcamp is they took the golden age and made it better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the problem with it is that not enough people practice Bandcamp usage. Sure, I agree. And if you want to use their platform to sell your T-shirts or whatever, they're cool with that too, which is pretty sick as well. All right, so streaming in general, we're going to non-downloading streaming. What's that number? Um, four out of ten. With, like, anything lower than four being, like, overhearing music blasted from your neighbor's house or something. <laughs> well, you can give it a three, then, because I was going to say, like, hearing it from across the fence is, like, a two. If hearing it from across the fence is a two, then streaming to me <clears throat> is, like, a three with a guilty aftertaste to it, too. Because, you know, you're not really supporting the artist. So you got 3.14 can't win with that number. Yeah, I give yeah, it the same number as pi. Yeah, pi so, time. So one of my favorite things about listening to music is kind of listening with, with friends and, and, you know, if somebody has control of the speaker or something when, when you're at a place, you know, being able to be like, oh, do you know this band? Do you know this band? And you can just plug it into your streaming service and pull it up and listen to everything. So it's that convenience fighting against, like, how little the artist is represented uh, to come up with a score, and it's, it's you know, <laughs> so I, you gotta. I feel like just taking all things considered, you gotta cut it. You gotta give it a five right down the middle, just to say that like, you know, you, you gotta do better streaming services. You know, you gotta do better. But the the usability, you know, the the the, the user experience of it is is the best that music has ever been. You know. But the back end, the, the back end needs work. Okay, uh, hard. So I cut this right down the middle. I'm gonna even go lower than Will, huh? Because even Love though it. I, I Great. use this, I use this feature all the time. I do listen to Spotify. We have a Spotify 
Um, yeah, we have a Spotify heavy hole playlist. I need to update that. Sorry, everyone. Also, um, your cousin Rob is he did he has one on YouTube. He made a uh, yes, he does. Shout out to him. Yeah, uh, yeah, I really appreciate him hooking it up and doing that. At the same time, I feel like it has trained people to be so complacent in how they listen to music. So I, it's like a you know bad dog too. Mm. Like the quality is fine, the availability is good, but it doesn't show any respect to the artist, and it shows the public that the artist doesn't need any respect, and I really don't like that. Well, it kind of shows people that the same way you might be able to just watch. Uh, I don't. I, I. We already had a long discussion on it. We're just doing yeah, scores right yeah. now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. you can tell I'm tight. I'm tight. I'm tight. All right. I mean, you can tell by my score. Okay, I have our numbers. All right. So I've uh, asked the judges to go uh, calculate our numbers, our smooth brain judges, and they've come up with all of our verdicts. I don't know how court works. I got out of jury duty. I told him oh, I was boy. sick. Oh, boy. I allegedly know. <laughs> all right. So the, the best that a, anyone could do, and when I say anyone, any format could do, would be 30, obviously. There's three of us out of 10 rats out of the cellar. So vinyl gets 27 rats out of the cellar. Okay. I can live with that. Cassette gets 20.5 rats out of the cellar. All right. Mm. <laughs> VHS gets uh. 23 rats out of the cellar. All right. Okay. I see where this is going. That's, that's respectable. Okay. CD, 18.3 rats out of the cellar. <laughs> Too high, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> It's just over half. It's not a good score. <laughs> uh, DVD, 20 rats out of the cellar. Mm-hmm. MP3. MP3 gets 24 rats out of the cellar. And mm-hmm. dead last, as suspected, was streaming with 10.14 rats out of the cellar. Yeah. 10.14? 10. 10. Yeah. One. 10.14. I don't know. I, I read it in sense. I'm American. What do you want from me? Oh. All right. That's an interesting so, number. So vinyl, vinyl wins. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Everyone knew that from the start. Yeah. These are, uh, these are pretty okay numbers, you know? I, I, I We can all agree with them. I mean, we came up with them. We did. In our own rights. This, this is why the three-party system works fantastically. I think DVDs got cheated a little bit. But uh, that's that's Justin's fault. So yeah, I'm so- yeah. Sorry to sandbag the old DVD player. <laughs> right <there. laughs> All right, uh, but listen, we went very late tonight. Uh, we're go we're going for the long haul with this. Um, we we it's a passionate topic when you talk about formats. Anytime you bring up vinyl or cassettes around me, I can be long winded. Um, uh, apparently, Tom with this lossless thing, uh, he's <laughs> gets wound up, man. If I, if I, if I was, if we were in the same room right now, if we weren't doing it by Skype, I might have had to hold you down a little bit, man. You guys <laughs> getting aggressive with that lossless talk. Um, Look, I mean, I, I know I don't usually talk this much during episodes. But, uh, yeah, but we listen. We we're, we're going to skip the recommendations for this evening. This is a special uh, discussion roundtable episode. Uh, and we are going to curate some music uh, for background and the break apart segments that is relevant to the topics discussed 
for this episode. So go check that out. Support the artist. And speaking of supporting the artists, we talked a lot about Bandcamp. So if you're not into physical formats anymore, think about Bandcamp. That's that's a good way to donate some money and, and buy some stuff from your your uh, band of choice. And a lot of a lot of a lot of the time, bands that are on that. Um, right, Justin? I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> You know what? I couldn't say better myself, so I'm going to pass it to you on, though. Uh, what, what if people want to visit us on the web? Well, oh, that's very easy, depending on the kind of equipment that you have. But if you happen to have, like, a computer or a laptop with a, you know, uh, curity uh, keyboard access. PS, PS2 that I watch DVDs on. Oh, yeah, you could do with a, a PS2 controller. You can do with a, you know, you probably do with your TV remote, something like that. But you want to go to the browser and the, and, and the, and the web bar. The address bar, you know, where you type in Pornhub.com, allegedly. Whoa. You want to type in bars allegedly. All the horny boys out there, you gotta, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna hold it in for a little bit, and you go to heavyoldpodcast.com. That sounds great, right? Because what are you gonna do there? I want you. You know about the sticker packs because we say it all the time. But what I want you to do, I want you to scroll down a little bit where to, to where it says, leave a voicemail, okay? Because listen. All I hear are my are my two really good friends' voices all the time. I'm not speaking alone when I'm saying I want to hear your voices out there. So I'm doing it right now with you. Easy. It's A-H-E-A-V-Y-H-O-L-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. Put it in there. You're going to scroll down. Digital. Leave us a voicemail. That phone number. Tom knows it. You know it too. 631-837-3274. Operators are standing by. They got nothing else to do. It's a free phone call. That's all I gotta say about that. All right, uh, Justin um, sprung off of the digital, whatever this digital is uh, out there on the streets. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the energy, Justin. Uh, Three Ws Podcast dot com. Um, and uh, also, uh, Tom, j- just for the listeners, um, what are the amount? What's What's the number of formats that Ultrageist is available on? Unfortunately, one. Should be three. 